guess it was as good as mine. Where's my beer? You didn't bring it. I thought you were done with it. No. another episode of the Cheeky Reaper podcast. I'm JB Peltier. I'm Kevin Brown. And this has been a long belated episode. Um, it's been, what, like a couple months now? Shit. At least two or three. Uh, life happens. The country is seeming destitute at the moment. Um, so we thought it would be very appropriate for this episode to be drinking. And we will be doing that for the entire episode. And we cover a lot of things. This uh, this episode, I took prompts from uh, my TikTok followers, so I think that that should be relatively interesting. So are you ready to get into it? As ready as you are, I guess. All right, man. I'm upsetting spaghetti. But, yeah, I, I don't think that there's any excuse for what happened at the congressional building. I mean, there were people there with, like, KKK flags. Like the rebel flag with, like, the little white circle cross in the middle of it. I don't agree with how it's been skewed by the left side because, like, it's already plain enough that they were wrong as it is and how basically everything that went on was inexcusable. But uh, they started skewing it like, oh, they're terrorists. And you're just like, yeah, I mean, no. Because that would be, like, you'd have to say the same for the left side then, too. I mean, it doesn't, regardless of the cause, the actions that were taken were similar if we're going off of a textbook definition of a terrorist ah wait a minute yeah that okay. is exactly what it was yeah like to a, a force to of intimidation that for a political game exactly okay you know what? they Actually, were literally no. balloting or confirming the counts for the electoral college to name our president and they stormed the Capitol building during that. It's hard to think of them as, like, it's... Because they're, they're Americans. Well, no, I'm saying they're so fucking stupid that it's hard to think so of them as stupid. being politically motivated terrorists because it's hard to think of them as doing anything politically motivated because it's hard to think of them as even tying their shoes in the fucking morning. And there was a guy wearing fucking bullhorns. Are you, yeah. Like, yeah, come we, on, We've man. all seen him. What, I got... What Chelsea texted me was like, are you seeing what's happening? So, hopped on the TV. I have the little live TV feature. Started watching. I was like, holy shit, like that is text. That's textbook. It's exactly what it is. And then, a force where I was like, hell yeah. One of the reporters was like, yo, we're getting word that the Senate, they're in a lockdown, whatever. They're at a special location. They want to continue to count. Like, fuck the Congressional Hall. They want to count where they're at right now. To confirm the count and tell these guys fuck them, basically. And I was like, that is metal. I would never expect that out of those people, but... Holy shit, stick it to the me- stick it to the people. Fuck them. Man, they had, they had a long night, actually. Um, yeah. Because after all that burned over... Um, 
came back and kept counting like late into the night. I also love that. So the from what I've gathered, most of the people left at DC's curfew because they've enacted a COVID curfew. Most of the people protesting. Left. Yes, or more? they left. They went the fuck home at curfew, like thirty minutes late, maybe. Bro, you stormed a Capitol building, but you fucking you're worrying about a curfew. You didn't get mowed down. Storming a Capitol building, but you you're worried about getting arrested for curfew. You know, I don't want to make it about race, because I don't necessarily think that it's largely about race at like a core level, but that's definitely coming from a place of privilege, in which you feel like you can storm a federal building and not get murdered. I don't feel, honestly, actually, you know, I'm a li- I'm a little upset that I feel like I could, and I, I I want to chalk it up more to. I don't want to undermine obvious race thing because they're there, but but it's it's not the most prominent it's in my in, opinion. It's in D.C. I would assume D.C. is a very P.C. police department. Like they're worried about uses of force. Their admin is harping on shit like that, like no deadly force, be justified, like. Basically, reining their officers back. And then when something like this happens, they're like, holy shit, what do we do? Well, yeah, are we like, justified? Well, well even only... if they're not justified, like, just just think about it this way. Like, if they started mowing them down, do you think that that would, in the long term, as far as Trump supporters, like, fan the flames of, like, their conspiracy and actually motivate them to do more? Well, if that argument... Would at the BLM protests and riots and stuff when they were knocking them down, they weren't worried about fanning the flame there. I don't think, or is it because we're worried Trump supporters are gonna be more radical and do crazier shit? Because what was it? Minneapolis almost got fucking leveled, and they were fanning that the entire time. But I would step as far as to say Minneapolis is a less PC department than DC. And as people, you can see, see like, but I think that there are people that are more um, financially motivated in DC than people in Minneapolis, because literally, like, pe- people of that high of standard view things as financial wins and losses. I don't think that Minneapolis would have been necessarily in that in that position. And it could have been a show of force also. Because you have your riot about to start, right? You're going to scope the scene first, in my mind. And you're going to see, oh, hey. There's like a P, half a PD force here. There's no, there's no one else. There's like a hundred of us. Does that not take into your mind on command presence? Shows a force? Where you're like, we could overthrow that. Yeah. Because that's where their mind was already. I mean, I guess that kind of makes sense because, like, surmounting a local police department is different than, like, I feel like there was a little bit more of an understanding with the people that were rushing Congress that if they went too far, they would die. But it's it's really hard to say. 
Um, also, I think that the motivations behind um, the reasons why they were doing that made them a lot less urgent. Because the reasons that people were rioting in places like Minneapolis and like Washington, like Washington State, um, was basically for like what was believed to be racial injustice. The reasons that they were rushing Congress was for a fucking a president that didn't want to leave. So I feel like it they it wasn't as personal they, for them. So they didn't feel like a sense of urgency. They believed that it was voter fraud and communism and yeah. insert shit. I mean, I've really taken myself out of the whole political conversation. Because oh, I'm tired of it because there's there's not because no one wins. Like, literally no one wins. Um, it screams at the Republicans, because, I mean, we've all listened. Well, the thing I was is, is like, it's not conservatives at large that support him. Exactly. But when Trump got elected, we heard a lot of crying from the left. Not my president. Oh, he didn't really win. Da-da-da-da-da. Well, we had a similar thing that went on with Barack Obama from the right. Exactly. And now it's back to that. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like, we're just going to keep swinging way out. And building gets torn down well i think it's because we this is the first time that we've had a president that has elicited something like that this is the first time in a i don't i don't know like presidents of the past that well i haven't tracked history like that but i feel like this is the first president that we've had that could justifiably be called a fucking dumbass like He's, he's getting threatened door. with with another impeachment right before he's, like, right as he's on the way out. Like, how do you fucking manage that? And he did elicit this. And people are like, well, and it's not speak, it's not necessarily... the eliciting. Say what? I didn't speak against the eliciting. Oh, no, I'm not saying you okay. are. I'm saying that, like, I've had people, like, it seems pretty cut and dry to me. And... I'm not even looking from, like, a leftist standpoint, because I consider myself more of, like, a liberal centrist, if anything. Correct. I'm about in the same ballpark. And, um, but they're just like, well, like, did he really? And I'm like, it does it's not what's going to hold up in a court of law. You're not going to, like, fucking nitpick fucking words and phrases with me. You fucking know the intent. <laughs> you know that he was pushing the stupid conspiratorial oh. bullshit, and that he has probably literally mentally ill fucking supporters that would definitely just rush a fucking federal uh, federal building. And so I I don't want to say that Trump is a dumbass. I think he did fine as a president. Good at some some stances. But I think he failed in the, the most exact. Up. See, that's that the thing. The big, yeah, I could big. give a fuck about the business side because. You know that's that's a more conservative standpoint is like really giving him like giving uh, giving credence to the fact wow. that he's good at because I've I've looked at some of his policies there is a lot of good shit in there yeah. even for like the uh, black community and everything yeah. he's done great but, on that stuff but I'm but... like if you can't literally social show social engagements that is the bare fucking minimum yeah. for acting as a human being <laughs> and I'm like you can't manage that one fucking thing like literally. Back in like a dominance hierarchy a few hundred years ago, you'd be buried 
you'd be done. You would have gotten fucking murdered. Like, if you can't manage that, I think you're a fucking idiot. I, I because, I'm like, if you can pander to, like, all this other stuff, but you can't manage the bare minimum of dealing with people, which is literally everyone's livelihood, even if it's not, like, their particular um, job, then I think that you're inept. And you you definitely shouldn't be president because he's he's more of a fucking face than he is anything else. And I've I've kind of tried to bat that idea around in a perfect world. Biden becomes president. You know. He won the election, whatever. He does his thing because he's be- he's astronomically better on the social end. Bring Trump in as kind of a what word am I looking for? Somebody to bounce ideas off of... Advisor. An advisor. Because he was so good on the economic side of things. But, it's fucking Trump. It, it would never work like that. Because Trump's well, going to run also, his mouth and do things. Well, and you also have to look at this. Like, I, I'm not going to pull up statistics and, like, resources and things like that. Because I guess I'm, like, a fucking idiot, idiot too. <laughs> but, um... I've seen claims... I've seen claims that our um, overall debt has gotten substantially higher during his presidency. And on the surface level, it looks like we've been doing better, but it's literally literally like he's still just borrowing money from places. The same things he's done with his own personal business. Mm. And basically, like, those individuals or those countries and regions are going to come to collect at some point. Because he's just been borrowing money, moving it around, so it looks good on the surface. That, that would be a business move. But, you know, I don't... I think at this point, like, we need something that's socially better. Mm-hmm. And those... That very small niche of, like, radical conservatives that are freaking out, they're gonna fucking... They're gonna shut up at some point. And it'll they be... Don't be. Yeah, I mean, maybe. I mean, they're literally just a handful of people. Most people are fed up with Trump. The vast majority. Even on the right. Mm-hmm. Um... I think the so the social aspect is good for us, but then we're gonna have to deal with the whole, you know, warmongering and fucking just like prison hungry v- uh, vice president. Because um, like we just made a trade off. I think Biden it. will do well with the right advisors because he is better socially. So we're getting that aspect, and if he has the right advisors, boom. You think Kamala Harris was a good move? I'm not, I'm not very um, politically informed, but some of the things I've heard about how she's managed uh, industry prior to this uh, makes me a little weary, and also like it makes me very, very suspicious of the Democrats. That it seems like they selected her for reasons that are kind of unsavory. Conspiracies and all that. Well, it's not it's not conspiratorial, as it's it seems like a reasonable deduction. Yeah. That with the things that have happened within the past couple of years, that they would go, not select her sheerly because of her race, but to go out of their way to get someone of that race and of that sex, to make themselves look good. That's why, like, it's all seems like virtue signaling to me. They're like, we're gonna get 
a Democrat guy in there. I'm like, that's that's reasonable because y'all, like, this is all politics do. They swing back and forth in the extremes. Um, I wish we could pick a guy that wasn't alive during, like, Abraham Lincoln. Like, <laughs> um, but the fact that she is a, an African-American woman, I'm like, that makes me suspicious of the Democrats. I'm not saying that she can't do the job. I'm saying that, like, I, I think that it's fucking sneaky of y'all to do that. I'm like, it sounds like y'all, they're trying to put up a face. I'm for, if we're going to do this two-party system thing, then... You do the trade-off of Democratic president, Republican vice. Republican president, Democratic vice. Well, the thing so is, is like, check. in recent years, I don't, we're only 25, so I don't know what it yeah. was like before we were alive, but my understanding of politics is my understanding of pretty much everything at large, which is a set of binary oppositions with where you need to be the most practical place or the, where the truth is in the middle and that the right and the left are supposed to cooperate to get, you know, optimal results. Mm -hmm. But within the, I, at least within the past few years, I, I guess maybe just since I've been paying attention, yeah, they just see each other as there. enemies and like one's right and one's wrong, but that's never true. And it's like, you both are absolutely necessary, but you need to stop a like, electing idiots to your places of power at the top of your hierarchies that have like their own agendas and things like that because it's it shouldn't be an opposition it should be a cooperation right and it's just fucking annoying maybe one day we'll get there well you want to get to something lighter yeah let's fucking move i don't like talking about politics so if if you guys like aren't aware um i posted a TikTok a few days ago and just asked my followers for some prompts and I have some of those written down um so we're going to hey, answer those. He also didn't tell me any of the prompts. So I, I am not versed. I didn't tell Kevin the prompts because if I tell him the prompts or tell him what we're doing, he gets in his head and then it's like talking to a bad impression of Kevin instead of talking to Kevin because he's like I'm going to figure out everything I'm going to say uh, verbatim before I actually say it, instead of just talking to me. And when we had this conversation a few days ago, like, at first I was like, hey, fuck you, guy. Like, you get to look into things and be good. And oh, then... I didn't, know. See, I know the prompts, but, but I went out of was... my way to not, like, formulate thoughts on them to begin with. When, when he broke that down, I really wanted to argue it and say I'm not that guy, but yeah, yeah. You get, uh, you get in your head. I work way better off the fly. Been my whole life so far. So, uh, we have a, I'd, I'd say a pretty good mix of these. Uh, one of them was like a question that they could have Googled. And I'm like, Sick. let's do that one. Well, and I did. Of course you did. Well, I did because. So you are versed. No, 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 no. I Googled one because it was literally like a question. I was like, this is like biology. Like, this is just something you have to Google. It's not, it's not a debate. Or uh, something you can pontificate on. It's literally... What the fuck that means? If fish use their gills to filter oxygen and water, why can't they breathe outside? And I was just like, that's not something we can just, like, you know, like, make come up with a hypothesis about. That's something they've got to answer. Well, like, she came up with... She has two. But that's, yeah. that's one. And what I came up with is, like, well, they filter oxygen out of the water, but... If they don't, they need the water to push their gills open. 
to force their gills open to filter the oxygen out. Um, if they're up in the air, there's nothing to force the gills open, so they just like flap and clasp shut, so they suffocate. But I think there's probably more to that, but that's a big like actual like mechanical reason for it. That would make sense. I'd buy it. Or just because you know they're bitch made. Because we yeah. were fish at one point. Just grow some yeah. fucking, grow some fucking legs. Evolve, motherfucker. Literally, the sun has been out for like billions of years. Like, come up on land. Yeah. Come oh. up on land, you fucking coward. There's actually <laughs> you fucking coward. <laughs> there's they actually <laughs> think there's there's uh studies that have been done. It's not empirically true, but they think that fish can't even feel physical pain. Like, basically, like, fish are, like, some other very uh, simple organisms that they're basically just networks of nerves. Uh, but they don't feel physical pain, but they can feel psychological pain. And what a terrible fucking life that is to live. <laughs> like, they can't, like, if you stab them in the side or hook them with, like, a hook, like, they don't feel shit. But they can be terrified as, like, why am I moving? Why are we going so damn fast, though? <laughs> like, it's <laughs> moving up towards the surface. They're like, where the fuck we going? <laughs> <laughs> I'm just gonna start telling fish they're ugly. Yeah, like they can feel where it hurts. See, that makes me feel bad because, like, when I don't like to hunt at this point, I don't even really like to fish. But uh, whenever I was a kid, I would feel bad because they'd like flip and squirm and shit whenever you reel them in. Yeah. But I'm kind of on the fence now because I'm just like, I know you can't like feel the hook in your mouth, but you can feel yourself dying. Face, like, you gotta know that you can't breathe. That's terrible. <laughs> Shut up, Floyd. God damn it. <laughs> no, we're Fuck! Not, we're moving away from politics. Okay, 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 okay. Fucking Christ, man. Jesus. Um, the next one <laughs> that this uh this same follower asked. Fuck Actually, I don't even think she was a follower. She just popped in on like the for you page. Hey, if you're listening to this, you better fucking follow. Yeah, word. Like you, you're the first ask. Uh, I I don't remember his ad. You're the first inquiry. Uh, the next one, yes. This is a good one. I I really like this one uh-huh. and um it's do dogs think other dogs are fat and i actually kinda <laughs> <laughs> i actually kind of have an answer for that though um i think i think i do um <laughs> i've i've been informed at some point i cannot cite a source and i'm not gonna fucking try but i've been told that dogs don't they can't estimate size it's the reason that like male, yeah, chihuahuas like little like, chihuahuas charge a fucking Rottweiler. Yeah. Because they don't, they can't view differences. Like that takes discernment, which they can't do. Um, there's not that intelligence. So they don't think other dogs are fat. They don't see fucking canine unit dogs and they're just like, oh, there's the fucking cops. Like, <laughs> that, that's not a thing. Fuck the world. But if they did, <laughs> god damn. Uh, I was sent a TikTok the other day. Man, I keep talking a lot about TikTok. It's half, my, it's half my fucking life. Um, but here's just this barrel of a dog. Just fucking unit. Yeah, I was going to say a fucking unit. I can't unit. even elaborate on that, but god damn it. Uh, the, girl, the girl I'm seeing was like, oh, he's so cute. And I was like, that's fucking animal abuse. <laughs> that's the same thing as whenever you see like morbidly obese kids. I was like, that's, that's child abuse. Bro, so I, I don't believe that dogs cannot discern size. Because I used to have a Rottweiler German Shepherd named Erebus, and I was dog setting my ex's, uh, what was it, a miniature schnauzer that was pregnant, and she was a bitch. <laughs> she 
charged my German Shepherd Rottweiler when we went outside. Erebus stared at this thing, like looked it up and down and was like, baby girl, that is not the move you want to make. Like he didn't get aggressive, nothing. He was just like, really? This is what we're going to do right now? Well, I don't, they can't sense size, I don't think, but I think that they can sense like intensity and they just operate at a different frequency than we do. They're, they're more primal. Fuck their frequency. They're not like, man, that dude fat as fuck. Like, <laughs> they don't give a, f- they don't give a shit. I mean, they may think that, like, he looks slow. He, he looks, looks slow. He looks like he can't outrun me. And that's, that's necessary, uh, stuff. Alright, this one's a little bit more intense. I, I wanted to kind of start with one that was a little, a little bit. hearted Yeah, something a little bit right, lighter. Take a piss. Cause, like. Say what? Can I take a piss? Yeah, take a fucking piss. Can you banter by yourself for a second? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can do that. Hell yeah! Hold so on. we're not we're not stopping recording. Move the cooler. I'm gonna get out of here for a second. That's fine. We don't we don't need you anyway. Fuck you. Shout out Pamela Anderson. What? Fun fact, y'all probably didn't know this, but like our uh, quote unquote podcast studio is in Kevin's walk-in closet because it's it's very muted in here. Oh man, I'm I'm really glad that I got uh my TikTok followers to ask these prompts because, you know, I I used to think I was like I wanted to do this entirely, um, you know, straight from the dome, completely uninfluenced, but you know I got to the point that like I discovered that some of the episodes that we recorded earlier I did have a focus, I had. I don't want to say an agenda because I, I don't think that that's the right character uh, characterization of it. But I I did I had a light you know lit under my butt about uh, particular things that we had going on um, like socioculturally and sociopolitically. And I I think I need that I need something to uh, dive into and focus on. So I'm I'm really glad that y'all asked these because even if I didn't even. Uh, I picked them out, but I didn't sit there mulling over what I was uh, going to say in advance. And I think that that can either be a very good thing or a very bad thing. But we're going to find out uh, whenever this little piss boy gets back in here. Oh, and I'm probably going to mention it in an intro that I'm going to clip into later. But um, we're drinking. So you may, you may have to give us a little bit of grace. Welcome back. The uh, polite silent flush. Yeah, my toilet does not have that setting. <laughs> that motherfucker's sending it or it's not. All right, you ready for the next one? Yeah, man. We are back. Yeah, y'all fuckers thought we forgot about this, huh? This one says positive outcomes to the pandemic. Uh, comma, or slash figuring out what's important. And, honestly, like, I think that it's a lot more optimistic than people... Say the question people... again, I'm sorry. <sighs> you fucking bitch. I know, I Dude, know. Dude, you're right here. Why you gotta call me a bitch? What I'm else? You... like, 20 followers. <laughs> like, 70. Okay, Give us a little bad. bit of credit. I get no credit. You're right here. I know, I was reading a message, you're man. Right. From it was from Kelly. I know. Anyway, shout out Kelly. What's up? All right. Um, 
Positive outcomes to the pandemic, figuring out what's important. And I think that we're already kind of getting there, but people are so impatient. Yeah. Uh, this is the first time in history that we've had a virus pop up, and within a fucking year, we're already getting um, vaccinations out to right. people. And there, there, there are people that are uh, freaking out about distribution problems. Like, oh, like my America's sister went, my and... sister went to the hospital and she had to wait two hours for her vaccine. Like, shut the fuck, shut the fuck up. This it's a medical fucking marvel that they worked out a vaccination. It's a, it's a marvel that she's not FDA, FDA approved. But if it works mind. at all. Yeah, I've had my first round. If it works at all. um, I think that we're doing two weeks. I think we're doing pretty damn well. I think if we're out of this in six months, we are doing great. And that's, I'm setting the bar low. Yeah. Because other people, they they view life in, in like weak increments. Yeah. I'm, I do my absolute best, if it's not on a personal level, but like what's newsworthy to look at things in like a historical sense. Mm-hmm. And we, dude, we're doing really good. Um, we've lost ground on other, you know, other like s- social problems, but as far as like medical, uh, development, we're doing great. And you got to give them like, there's no vendetta. There's no conspiracy. We, we got a virus. We got a little fucked and now we're working it out and everything's all right. See, I want to go in the kind of an opposite direction other than medical breakthroughs and shit like that because it is amazing that they were even able to put something at a doorstep of a vaccine within a year. See that how you may see it. But the mask thing, at least in America, has been huge. Because at first it was fuck that, fuck this mask. You're you're violating my constitutional rights. Well, that's just... And now it's more of, hey, this could make your neighbor feel a little more comfortable. Dude, that's all I've been saying the entire time. Because, like, because to combat, to combat a stupid argument, which the argument is, why should I wear a mask? Because if, if, why are you challenging medical authorities in the first place? They're medical authorities. They're not the, they're not the man. They're not the (laughs) government. You fucking idiot. The government had to step in because fuck you, basically. Like doctors. They're fucking doctors. Why are you going to challenge a doctor? Um, but you have to meet them on their level and you have to take it into a different direction because they already think that they're medically invalid. They already think that that argument is stupid and doesn't make any sense because they have some crazy shit in their fucking head. Even so, even if the masks don't work, do you not care about your neighbor, your fucking meemaw, your coworkers enough to make them feel a little bit more comfortable if they believe something differently than you do? And if, if not then the argument isn't, is it medically valid or not? It's, are you a fucking asshole that doesn't care about other people's feelings? Which, you know, I'm not going to lie. I fucking do. I care. I'm completely fine with doing something to put people at ease. Because the biggest problem in our country isn't the fucking vaccine. It's, It's not COVID. It's not the president. It's people not getting along because of stupid shit. It's because people are anxious, people are scared, people are uncomfortable. And even if you see them as 
being, you know, um, led astray by by news or whatever, the man, the mass media, like, can you not, like, work with them to make them be a little bit more at ease? And at my job, they put a soft mandate on N95s. So I'm pretty much wearing an N95 for 12 hours a fucking day now. So now I feel like I'm in front of wearing an N95. Fuck that shit. I have issues breathing in an N95. They're not terrible, but it is a little harder sometimes. Opposed to? A regular mask. Like a fabric mask? Yeah, fabric mask, a surgical mask, whatever. See, like... And people are like, I can't breathe in this mask. And I'm like, bro, these in if you were wearing an N95 everywhere, I would get it. I'd be like, I get it, because I've, I've worn both. Um, the one that I wear to work is a fabric mask, yeah. which literally... I just wear a surgical mask, generally. Bar none. My fabric masks for work are the most comfortable things I think that I could possibly put on my face. Yours look awesome. Like, they're more comfortable than, like, a bandana or anything. Like, they're so soft, mm-hmm. and they're really breathable. Because I think that the biggest thing, because they're just, like, um, people are like, oh, you need the M95 mask so none of your air gets out, basically. Mm-hmm. Like, it's all, like, right the fuck there. Um, but as far as I'm concerned, like, if you're not spitting it up, like, if you don't spit when you talk, you're not, like, in someone's fucking face, the fabric mask is completely serviceable. It's completely fine. Um, what, uh... Me and Beck were talking the other day, right? Uh, Australia basically beat this thing. Beck, Beck is a... One of the original followers. Yeah, an acquaintance of ours that's from yeah. Australia. Fuck Australia. They No, not fuck Australia. Australia isn't even real. Yeah. So doesn't you can't exist. fuck something that's not real. Yeah, it doesn't exist. They pretty much beat COVID. Like, they weren't really wearing masks anymore. Social distancing wasn't really a thing. Like, they did it. Well, the new strain came out. Where Beck lives, one person in her town thing got the new strain. They have gone into a lockdown, a softer lockdown, for the next three days to do uh, distance tracing. Like her entire region? Yes. Jesus Christ. To do contact tracing to see who was in contact. In these three days, if someone else tests positive, they're going into a mandatory 30-day fucking lockdown. Like the country? Like that area at least. Oh, Jesus. To stop this thing. And I'm like, when she said I mean, that, I was like. If they were successful in the first place, you kind of got to give them. Give I them give them the room. credence. I'm like, that is. Yeah, like, that would that makes sense. That seems warranted if they've made the right decisions to get that result so far. I mean, if it keep, if it works. When she told me that, I was like, that. my literal response was that would never work in America. Because fuckers freak out about a mask still. A year later. Well. This is a generalization and probably something of a presum- uh, presumption on my part, but I feel like the um, more European countries and like countries like Australia that are more derived from European cultures are uh, more candid from their government. Their government seems more transparent. Yeah, so I get that. like they don't have they don't seem to have the distrust of their government that is just bred. It's hard to find exactly the sentiment that is such a core value with Americans, but there's like such a distrust of authority. You might trace it back like all the way to whenever we were like Declaration of Independence. Fuck the man. We're gonna be the man. It's a distrust. And now we have a new man, and 
people just naturally don't trust the government, but also justifiably in a lot of cases. Yeah, we've we've uncovered a lot of shit, but it's I want to chalk a lot of it up to also people not truly understanding their constitutional rights. Because like you breathe the wrong way, and they're like, "You're in violation of my constitutional rights," and it's like, "Whoa, whoa, where the fuck does the Constitution say that?" Dang, dang, shit about that, son. Well, and that that is an Achilles heel. I'm a huge supporter of it, but well, you got to know your rights. No, but like literally, you don't skew it. I don't. I don't think that those people are even worth arguing with, because I see that as indicative of. A negative thought pattern, like almost like a spiraling effect, because they see everything as correlated, which everything is correlated, but they see everything as negatively correlated. So they're like, okay, so they're doing this, so that means this, and this, and this, and this, and then they make a mountain out of a fucking molehill. So, like, I don't even think, think, see them as, like, worth fucking arguing with, because, like, like, the fucking mask thing, they're like, okay, well, masks, government has their hand in it, therefore government's forcing me to do this which means that they have an underlying fucking meaning here and an underlying meaning here and now they're fucking fascists and they're fucking nazis trying to take over my fucking life no you're you're or they're, they're putting f- remember when the argument was uh, <laughs> the whole covid thing was engineered by our government and when the election happened it was all going to go away when i got asked about that i was literally like i would be perfectly fine with that and they're like how would you be fine with that i'm like whatever they got one over on us they freaked us out. If it's gone and we go back to normal, fucking sick. Yeah, but what is it, like 300,000 people fucking dead? No, but I'm saying when it was a conspiracy talk. Oh. Where I was like, I'm perfectly okay. Like, if if this is all just a big conspiracy for an election and da-da-da, like, fuck you. That's that's wrong, but it, it's gone. Honestly, so thank if, God. if no one gets hurt, I would not blame the government for... Uh, manipulating the shit out of the populace because a lot of people are dumb man (laughs) so dude i'm i'm well above the bar that does not reassure me because i consider myself relatively dumb well because also i guess because of the people i revere are literal geniuses um so i feel stupid but the fact of the matter is like I have, like, what, 130 IQ? The average is 100. That means half the people here have a two-digit IQ. I feel like I literally sway between, like, being relatively smart and then being, like, one hard hit away from a full disability check. Like, See, that's that's natural, though, because I, I really think that, like, at my highest points, like, at my best points, whenever I feel like everything's kind of, like, working out for me, um, you know, kind of once you graze the ceiling, you always feel like you're on the floor, you know? I like that. Yeah. Uh, that's not a very good analogy, but I think that it works. But, like, there have been times where, like, literally, the descript- uh, descriptor that I've used is, like, I felt like I saw the Matrix, or whatever the fuck yeah. that means. And the rest of the time, you know, like the functional chemicals and like the nutrients in my brain are all depleted. I I don't want to say that like I have depressive periods, but like I think that that's the best 
uh, description of them because I'm not. You definitely have depressive periods. Like I'm a somewhat moody person. It's been a lot better since I've been older, um, or since you know I've uh, work found out like workarounds for it. But it's like the physiological things are still there, and it really like comes and goes for me. And it's like real, really high, really high highs and like really low lows. Yeah. Um, and I can mitigate that a little bit and try to stay around the middle um, by thinking my way out of a lot of things. And uh, my world perspective helps me a lot when it, during the low lows because I can mm-hmm. kind of just like talk myself through it. I'm just like, you feel this way because of something that's biologically going wrong yeah. um, and for reasons X, Y, and Z, but they still fucking happen. And during those times, I feel really dumb. <laughs> I feel really, really dumb. Or if I have a lot of, like, uh, dumb things distracting, I feel stupid. Um, so, coming out of the pandemic, what is something that would be largely important for everyone? And I, the way that I kind of take that question is, like, what is something that would be a unifier um, for people? I think there are a lot of things that people could agree on, but if shit would just stop happening for a fucking week, <laughs> fucking like people start people start to hold on to just like little grains of positivity. I because social media is not a reflection of reality, but um, I think it's definitely a reflection of the immediate social environment, like in the United States. Um, and I see it come and go, and I think. I think we will be so much better off whenever a lot of people are spending a lot less time at home by themselves because it's really easy to get, you know, possessed by your own ego, possessed by the media. Yeah. Um, because I've been working, you and I have both been working the entire pandemic, entire this pandemic. whole year without like, honestly, I, uh, I've been working more than the average 40 hour work week every week. For the entire pandemic. Um, so very little has changed for me. The only thing that's changed for me is like maybe masks. Yeah. Uh, masks and contact restrictions. And stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And those have lax, uh, laxed in Texas too. But um, that means I get to interact with people of all kinds of shades, creeds, colors. Every damn day. Every fucking day. And it's not that bad. Like, literally, um, any race, ethnicity, religion, we're all, like, they keep Fox News on in my uh, department building. And we're watching it, and we're just like, literally, everyone in the fucking room is like, those people are fucking idiots. It doesn't matter who's on the TV. It doesn't matter what they're talking about. We're just like, that's not an accurate representation of the reality that we're living in. And I think that it will be good post-pandemic for everyone to get back out in the world interact with everyone and get their fucking heads on straight because your reality shrinks and it becomes self-focused whenever you're just locked in the fucking house by yourself all the time and i know that there are a bunch of people that are going through that and um some people are more impressionable than others and they need something to hold on to they need something to latch on to to i would almost say make themselves feel more real. They need something to ground them to reality. And Mm -hmm. sometimes that's a community. And sometimes that community is ideological and dangerous. But I think that I'd say 
IQ aside and things like that, disposition aside, I think most people are relatively reasonable and capable of getting along. Otherwise, the human race wouldn't have made it. So, I think I think we'll be doing okay. Um, if once more of this blows over, but people need to be more patient, and that's coming from a person that I don't consider myself very patient. And I, you know, it it was wonderful that me and JB have both been able to work through this entire pandemic. He's been working a lot. Somehow, my job has restricted overtime. I don't know how that worked out, but it did. And when it started, I was able to do a lot of, because of lockdown, a lot of self-exploration and, I don't know what to say there, like a spiritual journey beginning, like the beginning of one. Yeah, that was terrible. See, I don't want to make it, see, like, but I know where you're coming from. I got to look inside. Um, I hate the, I hate the terminology. Yeah, Um, I hated it. it. because I'm kind of yeah yeah I know what you I know exactly yeah. what you mean because I'm I don't consider myself a corny person I'm actually really adverse Terrible. to cringe, but it's the fact of the matter is I am a definitely a creative type mm-hmm. and a spiritual type and a lot of creative and spiritual types are corny motherfuckers <laughs> oh my fucking god um, makes me want to die exactly um, but I get I'd say that it afforded you. More opportunity for introspection. Yeah, and I think that's Boom, a that's just better. as descriptive, if not more uh, descriptive, way of saying it. And then what? Shortly after, so I, I started that, started doing that. I convinced JB to move in with me. Some fucking how. It was not hard. I felt like it was a lot of work, but well, because I was like, "Bruh, move in with me. Like, let's do it." And you were like, "Dog." We've done it already. It didn't work out. I was I've been by myself for a year. Like, I like being by myself. I do. And I was like, bruh, but like, my place is pretty dope. Like, we're boys. We ain't got no other friends. Like, come on. And what, he came over drunk and he was like, damn, this place is nice. Where do I fucking <laughs> sign? And I fucking ran with it. And here we are. What it's been almost a what like nine months you living here, we us I'm, living together. It's our place. My I'm bad. bad at time management. I don't know. Sure, let's go nine months. That hasn't quite been a year. Not like that. We can have a baby, Kevin. We've already talked about this. Not having. We a baby. have. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa! Not having a baby, but like, so I was like, JB, we're gonna live together forever. Like it's gonna happen. And he was like, What happens when I meet somebody? I was like, No problem at all. Which I have recently. We're. You're going to meet somebody. Y'all are going to move in together. We're going to have the same kind of setup as this house. And I'm going to live at the end of the hallway. And I tried to compromise. And I was like, no, dude. If anything, we will live in like a duplex. You can stay on one side. And she and I can stay on the other. And he was like, no, we have to be in the same house. My rebuttal was, that's fine. We can definitely rent a duplex. I think you said you were going to knock a a wall out. (laughs) Yeah. And we're going to fucking live together. Like, what do you mean? I mean, as far as I'm concerned, at some point, you know, you know, if I leave the state at some point, you're... Shout out. He fucking said it. I've met somebody too now. We're both on that fucking little thing, but... It's going great. It's really great. But... JB and I are both doing awesome. Listen, if I end up moving states, when your kid 
is sentient and ready to fucking rock and roll as a human being, you're moving to that state. Why would I ever leave the greatest state in the universe? I know. See, I know that you don't believe that. I know that you know that I know that you don't believe that. You don't believe that. That's fine. I love this fucking place, man. I... You've... No, fuck that. No, I've fuck lived you. in another state. No, you haven't. You. Yes, I have. You've lived in another state. I've spent Military months in other doesn't states. Count. Military doesn't no, count. No, fuck you. Fuck you. You fuck weren't you. living there. Fuck you. You were what? forced to live there. Yeah, but I was living there. But you were forced. That, that doesn't fucking matter. You weren't on your own matter. free will. You weren't doing what you want when you, you want. Do you not want to live somewhere with like mountains and pine trees and just basically surrounded by people. I visit places like, like that. Have you looked outside, Kevin? Have you looked outside? I am not saying that Northeast Texas is the most beautiful place in the it's world. It's flatter than a dead raccoon on 24. Eat my cock. I have been in Oklahoma. This is not... I'm not that. talking about living... Dude, I've been to fucking Oklahoma. There's prettier places in Oklahoma pre- than if, where we live. If you lived in other, in other states for the military, then technically I did too. Because I was at that fucking location longer than you were the other ones. What, what location was that? I was at Fort Sill for six months. Where's Fort Sill? Oklahoma. No, that's fucking Oklahoma, though. I was in, like, California and Virginia and Florida. You were mentioning flat. That was the conversation. Where you were like, it's flatter than fucking whatever the hell you said. Well, if we're going to go down that fucking nitpicky fucking area, California has fucking mountains. I know, because I had to hump Bro, them. Fuck hump, California. Hump them. I had to hike them with a... Well, we use the term hump. Okay. Like, we were going on a hump. I went on 20-mile fucking walks Walks. with a fucking 90-pound pack. Up fucking mountains. We Uh, have fucking mountains. But I'm saying we should move to the Pacific Northwest at some point. It doesn't... I don't care if it's in, like, 15 fucking years. Maybe when, like, I'm retired... I would love to move, but I mean, I'm retired. set, dog. At my place of work right now, I'm set. I do 30 years, I'm done. Man, you have too broad of a worldview to be... Comp- See, I get being satisfied where it's you are. benefits, though. And I'm satisfied where, where I am at the moment. But life is a long time if we play our cards right. <laughs> if we get it's fucking benefits, lucky... Dog. I'd be done. I'm just saying. I can go retire off in the Pacific Northwest doing bullshit. Pulling a sick retirement. Until I get that sick retirement, I'm here. Excuse me, Jesus. And I got my boy Carter. Like, what? Carter is his son. That's not his boyfriend. Yeah, I said (laughs) my boy Carter. Literally, my boy. My, He's my, my boy. boy. That's yeah. my, my son. My son. Look what they did to my boy. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um. Let's get on to another prompt. All right. Right here. This next follower said, how did we get to yesterday? And by yesterday, uh, since this was from a couple of days ago, uh, he was referring to the, the breach at Congress, uh, the Capitol breach. And it says, he says, what does that say about where we are and how should we proceed? Um, I'd say we're, uh, yeah, I'll let you go first. I would say that it's a good show that we're in a dying era of turbulence because now Trump is willingly giving up the seat. 
and I think that that was the last fucking hissy fit or tantrum that was on the fucking books. And I think from from here on, I'm not saying like, oh, it's just going to be sunshine and rainbows from here on out, but I think that that's kind of like, you know, it gets it gets bad before it gets better, or it gets worse before it gets better. Right. And I think that that's literally, that was the last hurrah of that fucking era. And they needed to scream and shout and throw a fucking hissy fit. And all those people that breached Congress are being held accountable. Like, literally. Like, they've got them on camera. Yeah, they, they have their fucking camera. names. They're, that's getting handled. Uh, don't look at, it, look at it at an individual level. I think that that was the last hurrah of the end of that end. What we could be going into could be better, could be worse, because, you know, we elected a fucking warmongerer and a fucking, you know, <laughs> prison Hitler. Um, but I'm it's... not going to speak on that stuff, because I don't know, well, truly. It's, it's, it's a change. Yeah, it, it's, it's a change, change, and they deserve as much right to uh, basically show us what they got, as much as Trump did, and... Um, I think that that was just an inordinately um, extreme example of the end. I'm worried that people are really buying into the whole Civil War thing that's been brewing in meme culture for the last year. But the thing about, I think both of us, like this is calling us both out. We spent a lot of time going to work, coming home, and being on the internet. Um, we both do, yeah. I think that that is a something a very small niche group of people has exacerbated in the social media realm. I don't I think anyone's so. taking it seriously, especially not on the left, because um, well, especially not on the left. But especially, well, that's the thing is like I would be more worried about the right because you know pro gun and things like mm-hmm. that. And I'm not saying that they're more violent people, but they're more inclined to. If they feel morally justified, which what is what I'd be worried about, because people can do remarkably terrible things if they feel morally uh, morally justified. Right. But I don't think that that's worth taking seriously because the the media portrays uh, the U.S. as a lot more divided than it is, and I have to remind myself of that because I spend a lot less time. Uh, well, it's just. It's pushed onto you by social media, uh, large media platforms. Literally every second of every day that you spend like on your phone, someone is picking at your fucking brain. And I have to remind myself of that and that it's not a realistic representation of where we are at all. Not not even a little bit. Um, so we're we're not on the precipice of another civil war. That I'm I said I didn't say that we were. I said that I'm worried that certain factions are going to try to push towards that. And I, I think if they as, did. As far as the left is concerned, yeah, they're less concerned from well, what I've seen. I'd say they're less concerning. Concerning. There you because go. There you go. the people with that talk on the left are children. They're but children, teenagers, they're young college students. They're, they're not going to the do anything. on the right that I am concerned about because they are grown with weapons that are like that are fucking grown children. I'd be worried about maybe. Um, I've had countless talks with people that. So in the last year, I've become more liberal centrist. I'm labeled as the liberal at work. 
Yeah, y'all should fucking ask us about how what that's like being liberal in Texas. Jesus Christ. Which Especially in is not as work. bad as memes make it out to be, but it's still not great. As I said, they play Fox News in my um, department building. When I was when I was first, you know, going through the more liberal stuff, I was I was talking to people at work of like coworkers of hey what do you think about this? What do you think about this? And we would talk, and I'd be like, huh, you're not as right-wing conservative as you think you are. And holy shit, that opened cans of worms. Well, well because people want to hold on to ideology so bad. Yeah, when you're ideologically possessed, you're, it's not your beliefs. It's what you build up as your beliefs that it is tied to where you're from, who your family is, what your job is, and all these external external forces, it's not coming from you. That's what makes like an ideological party. And you you get that way with a lot of the leftists too. I picked the brains of several what of what I would consider the authoritarian left, um, these faux neo communists and things like that. And I'm just like, oh, I'm like, so you say you're a liberal, but you're also a communist. Those are like contradictions. It's like a fucking oxymoron. Because I'm, I'm a liberal, like in the traditional sense. Uh, I don't like to wear a fucking label. I don't like to claim one. But if I'm going to look at the definition verbatim, I, fit, I most fit the bill of liberal. And I'm like, okay, so if you support this, X, Y, and Z, free speech, free enterprise, basically free moval of individuals and thought and business and things like that, then you cannot possibly be communist because you can see, you can deducibly like see like where that ends up. Mm-hmm. Um, but people are so possessed by their ideologies because it's socially influenced, and these people just are not as smart as they would like to think. Um, I'm, I don't think I put, I don't know if I put a video out on TikTok because I think I may have made a response video, but um, basically what I summed it up as, and this is derivative. Um, so you can know that it came from a person smarter than me. But basically, it was like, the world isn't divided by um, religions, ideologies, race, ethnicity, sex, gender, all those things. It's divided between smart, uh, stupid people, and not stupid people. And stupid people divide themselves by those things. And I was like, that is a reasonable deduction, in my estimation. Because it's not, it's, it's not smart people and stupid people, because... I'm not going to assume that I'm even on the smart end, but uh, definitely stupid uh, and not stupid. But that seems reasonable to me. But um, we're about to run out of time on this recording. But we're going to come back and uh, dive dive into the question, how should we proceed from this? God wanted. All right. Be right back. (laughs) I was was thinking during my little uh, bathroom recess. Do you remember that little bit of uh, Midnight Gospel? Oh, it's in my favorite episode. It's like the Soul Prison, and um, they they start singing a song at the end of the episode, and just like watching my cellmate cry as I sprayed hot piss in his gouged out eyes. <laughs> the use of the freedom to me. <laughs> I really wanted to show you that video of the, uh, the dive on in. Uh, yeah, Dragon like, Roger. Right, right before we took a break, uh, he's, he said, dive on in. And I was like, dive wondering on exactly what you were talking about. 
Damn it. It's Roger. He has a dive bar. Dive on him. Dive on him. Damn it. Alright. Let's get back to this prompt. Yeah. How, how should we proceed from um, basically like the breach in Congress and uh, things that are going along with Let's that? Let's go to the exact opposite spectrum. Is that the next prompt? Are we uh, trying to that is a part prompt? of the same prompt. Oh, shit. How did we get to the con- uh, the Capitol breach? What does that say about where we are, and how should we proceed? How should we proceed? I See, I... Uh, oh, man. Um, I think my, my mother kind of, uh, kind of got to me about something. Uh, whenever I, I was talking to her about all these things, because, you know, at least down at our age group, it's easy to get wrapped up in it, but my mom stays kind of like in her own cave. She's very right. reclusive in a way. And so I think that she kind of is a little bit standoffish to it and she doesn't pay as close attention. And uh, she said something to me that kind of made sense. I was like, this and that and the radical right and the authoritarian left and things like that. And she was just like, oh, you mean the crazy people? And I was like, Oh, that's how you classify them. You're just like, okay, there's like the right and the left that are productive, and then there's just the crazy fucking people. I was like, that's a good way to look at it. Yeah, definitely. Um, Because it's... You can sit here and deduce why some particular sects are more sex, like S-E-C-T-S, not not sexes, um, are more dangerous or malevolent or something like that than other others. But I think that that's actually a, not a, it's a good thing that you can internalize for yourself is like, okay, there's the right, the left, the ones that get it, the, even the ones in the center, like the centrist, and then there's the fucking crazy people. And I think that that's a good way to look at what happened at Congress um, at the Capitol building. It's like, those are just, they're, they're just the fucking crazy people, but what we have to worry about, I think the biggest problem that we have right now is, like, look at media, like, large media, um, like, um, CNN, Fox News, um, I'm trying to think of some, like, uh, other major platforms, because those are the biggest players, mm-hmm. but they're the biggest problem, and, y- you know, you kind of have to wonder if... Someone at Fox News right now is sitting at home with their head in their hands, like feeling just racked with fucking guilt because they had a hand in the reason that fucking people stormed Congress and people died. Because it's their fault. Because they've propagated this whole fucking thing. Because it's a dying medium. And you know what dying animals do? They do drastic things. Mm -hmm. And they're like, well, we have to keep people on the line. How do we do that? Oh, we push out more extreme and polarizing things. If it bleeds, it reads. Or if it bleeds, it leads. Whatever phrase you want to use. Mm -hmm. And I think that there's nothing that we can really do about that. But the, the crazy people are going to be crazy. But the thing is, is like the internet has made it so easy for crazy people to recruit people that are on the edge or on the line. Um, it's hard to say how we proceed from this point, because I think I, if I'm looking from like an optimistic standpoint, I'd like to think that that was kind of like the last hurrah for that administration. And that if Trump is ready to, you know, sit back with his hands up, everyone else is. 
because what what are they to do if they're you know the head of their ideology just kind of sits back and lets things take their course I still want to say if an example was made which sounds radical even as I'm formulating this you storm the capitol building and they fucking destroyed them there would be no more conversation it'd be like hey if you do this this is the repercussion of it but pretty much they stormed and as of now nothing's really happened are they gonna face some legal stuff hopefully I think some severe legal things hopefully to be honest but but then it goes into well I d- definitely think it's they made set, an example yeah, they it set tyrannical. our government back on their heels and they can't reset this basically like what they've established you know like their establishment of dominance or whatever they can't do it through a show of force I think the best thing that the government can do right now to, because they've got to earn the respect back. Yeah. Um, because there's, it's not, it's not a dominant force, but there is corruption in the government, notable corruption, uh, in the Senate and Congress. But, um, I think the best thing that they could do right now is just show transparency about what happened. They, we need to hear directly from the people that were there, that were hiding under the fucking desks. We need to hear from the uh, from the police. We need to hear a representative from the police that failed to do anything. Mm-hmm. But um, people have always been apprehensive of the government in America. I mean, reasonably so. Yeah. I mean, that's that's not unreasonable. But. Um, they have not done themselves any favors over the past couple of years. And they've got to, like, meet us in the middle somewhere. Yeah. But crazy people are going to be crazy. But they just have to mitigate the possibility of more people falling off that end. Enforce a peaceful protest and punish a non-peaceful. Now, does, at a peaceful protest, say there's a set-in or... Well, there's a a fine line because it's like... If there's... What constitutes peaceful? Because there have been people that have wanted to just, like... I don't want to take it back to, like, the whole, like, communism thing. But I'm not saying that, like, the other riots shouldn't have happened, like, from the left side. But um, there were people that were trying to justify it through the wrong reasons. They were just like, it's just stuff. And you're just like, that's what a communist would say. If you're being peaceful, like truly no harm coming to anybody or anything else. If, say, a police presence is there, if they're just there, okay. It's making sure things don't get out of hand. Once it becomes detrimental to other things or other people, you fucking squash that. That's what they're there for. So basically, like, there's been too much gray area. And also, the peaceful protests... The peaceful protests do not get broadcasted. 
They don't. They don't get fucking airtime. I've read about them. I mean, Jonathan. I'm I'm talking particularly from like BLM and their supporters. I've had to go to like obscure fucking sources to read about their peaceful protests because they don't get airtime because they they don't bleed. They're not dangerous. They're you. There's nothing enigmatic about them that you can just blow out of proportion. Jonathan Price, the incident that happened in our area. There was a peaceful protest in that town. Fucking awesome. Did it get national time? No. Was it there? Yeah. Was there a present? Was there a law enforcement presence there? Yeah. It didn't fucking get out of hand. If those would be broadcasted, awesome. Well, the thing but, is, is like people need to stop thinking about like large media sources as being a part of the news. It's entertainment. They're trying to get your attention. They're not objective reality. It's not an accurate representation because they're motivated by money. They're not public servants. They're not there for you. They're there for their fucking like 250, 300K fucking paycheck. That's what they're there for. So why would you trust them? Because whether or not you get the truth does not dictate their job. It doesn't make sure that it doesn't it doesn't pay their bills. What pays their bills is getting you engaged. Well, that's what's scary is, you know, people are like, don't trust the mainstream media. And then they go to this obscure backwater bullshit news See, sources. And I'm like, that's not right either. You're just, you're swaying between extremes. There are, there, dude, there are straightforward... Hell, I th- I found the best thing and the most reliable thing and the easiest thing to find. Go to European uh, news sources. Yeah. My go-to news platform is BBC. Like, do they shit on us a little bit? Yeah, but it makes sense that they do. Because we're a fucking joke. Um, fucking but circus, I read BBC because they give worldwide perspectives. Because they, they don't have a political leaning in America. They don't give a shit. Mm-mm. They think that we're fucking clowns. And not unjustifiably. Uh, so they may, like, the phrase is putting spin on something. They may put a spin on, hey, look at these fucking idiots. But it's not, it doesn't change how you're getting the news from them. At least in my uh, experience. So you just have to outsource where you're getting your fucking news. It's because it's common knowledge that Fox leans right and that CNN leans left. You don't want a leaning fucking news source. Because it's completely skewing, especially like if you're not a particularly critical thinker. I can sit there and watch either CNN or Fox News and just be like, and you have to watch how they phrase things very carefully. But I can sit there and think like, well, that's not representation. Like, I'll take that one headline and I'll go cross-reference it with something else and figure out what actually happened. But a lot of people aren't inclined to do that, so they didn't just need to go to a more unbiased... There's no such thing as completely unbiased, but a more unbiased news source. But I don't know how... As far as, like, a local level... Like, okay, national level um, would be a better word for it. I think where we go from here is the best thing that people can do is just... Per, is just manage their personal lives because the management of the individual, the management of the family 
is uh, flourishes like through the top, and it shows on a national level. People don't put enough stock into the individual. That's why people buy into stupid ideologies and everything. But if you can't, if you feel like you can't trust the media, which I think that's a fair assumption, mm-hmm. um, if you feel like you can't trust politicians, I mean that's just like a fucking trope at this point. Um, focus on yourself. Focus on your immediate environment. If you're getting along with everyone that you that you actually connect with, then I think you're doing. I think we're, us at large will will do do all right. And I think that's like literally the only thing we can do. I don't think we need more activism because I feel like that causes more damage than it causes good. Yeah. Um, especially all the faux activism that goes on on the internet because that's just a bunch of virtue signaling fucking bullshit. And that's, that's just annoying. I'm like, y'all aren't actually doing anything because the actual activism that goes on is very quiet. Mm. It doesn't get broadcasted as it... Well, in some cases it should, some cases it shouldn't. Um... I think people are far too motivated to show how morally superior they are to other people. I think that's all internet activism has done. It's done very little good. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that's the best thing that we can do is manage ourselves as individuals. Because if, if everyone would do that, it's not a fucking utopia. Not everyone's going to do it. But I think that if everyone managed themselves personally, it, it would show on a large scale. The individuals are a remarkably powerful force. You want to get to the next prompt? Yes. Oh my god. Um, you know something not political? Are you fucking political? wish, huh? Damn. You fucking wish. I would love that. Oh man. Well, we'll, we'll kind of get down there, but this next one is why do peop, uh, people make everything political then get mad when people stop caring? And there's a, there's no non-abrasive way of saying this. Well, the thing is, is that everything gets politicized and people will get on the fucking boat or get on the fucking train for a while, but now everyone's tired of it. And I think it's literally the same thing as a needy friend or something like that. Like you want to show compassion. Because you're not a bad person, right? You show compassion for the individual, and then someone starts taking advantage of you or pushing it too much, they take it too fucking far. And I think that that's those uh, political ideologues that were, um, they politicize everything, they take everything very sensitively, they fucking freak out, and now that people are stopping, they stop giving a shit, it's upsetting to those people. Mm -hmm. But it's like, well, you took too much. You pushed it too far. You didn't stay in your lane. And now the people that did support you don't. Because they find you fucking annoying. And I think that that's pretty much, like, all the answer you need. People want to feel a part of something bigger than what they are. And if you're not with me, you're against me. You know, it's, it's funny that they'll buy, they want to be a part of something bigger than they are, but they can't acknowledge the parts that are just so fucking obvious, because they, they seem corny. Because... Things seem like you're being a reductionist or something, whenever you're just like, no, you're a part of the human race. 
But if your if your worldview or your perspective on life, the largest thing that you get to is the human race, that's going to seem stupid and just outlandish and pointless to you. But you have to view the human race as one set of organisms that have been a part of evolution on this one fucking rock in one fucking solar system in one fucking galaxy in the middle of a vastness that we can't even conceive. Then I think that that's a good identifier for you. But if you see it as only like, okay, well, there's my fucking little bullshit. There's my family's little bullshit. There's my coworkers little bullshit. And you just follow every little Every just little tip, yeah, all the way up to just the human race being as big as you can imagine, then it's going to seem outlandish and, outlandish and stupid to you. I think it's literally just a perspective problem. It's, it, a, it it's a lack of empathy. It's a lack of perspective. And it's just... Right. It's just not a good place to be. Um, because the way that I view the universe, like I was talking to the girl that I'm dating, and... Um, I was talking to her more about, like, why she should basically care about the end of everything. And uh, I had Kevin freaking out, like... I still have my moments. Within the past, like, week, because I saw a video. And as far as I knew, uh, basically all the heat in the universe was eventually going to go out. All the suns were going to die. Every biological thing was going to die. And then we were going to experience an icy death. But... Oh, the shit we know, right? The thing that's intuitive about that, that you intuitively understood from that, was that there was still going to be a universe here. There was still going to be planets, there was still going to be rocks floating out in the vast darkness of space. Fuck no, Snake. something. Apparently, we have scientific projections. I'm talking billions of billions of billions of billions of billions of trillions of trillions of trillions of years out into the future. Of... Fucking trillions. Past the ice death of the universe, where not only does everything die, but all the planets break down. I'm talking, dude, I'm talking billions of trillions everything. of years. After the sun turns into a red supergiant, swallows everything we've ever known in our in our like immediate space. I'm talking down to where protons start to dissolve. The first things that were ever... Fucking... Dissolve. Yeah, past all matter breaking down. And I was trying to explain this idea to her. And, like, because there's things that you know, and then there's things that you uh, internalize and intuitively understand. And everyone knows that the universe is eventually going to come to an end. They know that everyone that they know is going to die. And, hell, a lot of people can't even confront, can't even confront that. Um, there's a difference between knowing you're going to die and intuitively understanding that you're going to fucking die. Um, honestly, I don't even think you can proceed on, well, you can, I guess, proceed with your entire life without completely understanding your own mortality because it's going to fucking come to you regardless, but the universe is going to end long after we're dead. Um, but it's not just going to end. It's going to virtually cease to exist. There's going to be nothing but a vacuum of fucking space. Time will literally be meaningless. And to tie this back around is that you need to have an under... I think you need to have a, a willingness to view reality in that sense to be productive in the smallness that we're working in. 
If you view your reality from the perspective of just your ego, just your person, just your individual self, and the ideologies that you belong to, um, it's, it makes life a lot more hard than it has to be. There's probably a cat outside. Do y'all even hear those dogs? Do you hear them? I fucking do. And that... Jesus. All of that... That, yeah, that sent me into a bad spiral. And oh, I, it, it rocked my shit for, like, a week. And... I do want to come out of that. JV will have these, like, fucking things that bug him. He'll stew in them for a week or so. He'll kind of come to grips. And then he'll unload after he started to come to grips. And I'll be like, holy shit. Everything and I've known is a lie. It's basically like, like, I'll have a sickness for a week. Because I consider that like a crisis, in my opinion. Like right. it, it, it's basically, it sent me into a new existential crisis. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm trying to think, I can't, I'm trying to remember why. Because basically to rationalize my idea of God... Or, I'm using God in quotations. The creating force that assembles things as they are, because as shown in quantum physics, I, I don't know if y'all are familiar with that at all, but there's like the two-slit experiment. It shows like some sort of determinism. Um, but to rationalize that for myself, one of the qualifiers was a perpetually existing universe. And this thing cracked me for a week because I thought, okay, I see death, but this thing is omnipresent Mm -hmm. this force is omnipresent which i suppose it still is but um actually you know what i know what rocked me what rocked me was um a lot of my beliefs i focus on individuals at large like every organism and everything that exists having a place in reality and having a purpose being a part of the whole moving organism um, and it's harder and harder and harder to justify the necessity for some things that are so small. It, it basically was like, oh, you think that we're this small? Well, we're double that. We're even small. It, cut, ba- it basically we cut my universe view in half. Because I was like, okay, well, here's our universe. Here's what happens. This is how things are going to come to fruition at a, at a particular point. But this thing, this uh, concept really put it into perspective for me exactly. Like, we're a fucking blip. Like, literally, we're a blink. We could have been a fucking accident, and that basically, like, brought up a lot of... Uh, the, the rabbit hole is endless. At that it brought up a lot of reconsiderations about how I perceive reality in general. And I basically, I recovered from it because um, I needed something to ground me, and I found something to ground me, and I started, like, diving back into philosophy and, like, religious discussion and things like that with myself. Mm-hmm. And I brought myself back down to level. And um, whether it's objectively true, who's to say? Uh, did it make me feel better? Worth it. You know what I mean? And uh, I kind of just lobbed it off to Kevin whenever I was done with it. Because, like, if I find something that's going to make me suffer existentially, I'm going to sit with it by myself until I can figure it out. And then once I have it figured out, I'm going to bean him in the middle of the fucking head with it. And then leave him to his own devices because I'm a piece of shit, apparently. <laughs> Y'all may not know, but your boy has a lot of forehead. And so beaning me is a, is a big fucking thing. 
Because there's a lot of surface area to fucking that it has to cover before it can truly hit me. I watched that existential suffering manifest for like a week. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Dude, I was messaging like my most trusted people. Scott was a big one. Message him. I was like, dude, everything's going to die. Everything's going to end. Like, it, it'll all be over. He was like, yeah, we know that. And I'm like, no, fucking grasp that. Like, well, and the thing is, is like, they don't, you have to be very descriptive. Like, I feel kind of bad whenever I lob something off on you because I'm just like, I'm the only one that can follow you. Yeah. Um, it's, because it's not that other people are less intelligent, but they don't necessarily go to conceptual places as often and they don't know how you word things. I know how you word things. Mm-hmm. You know how I word things. And I feel kind of bad if I throw you under a fucking nihilism bus and then I just kind of like leave you out in the fucking water. But it was kind of funny because I saw you crack before my eyes and I was yeah. like... <laughs> <laughs> I've been there. Uh, I brought it up to the fucking the girl that I'm with. And we talked over it. It was on New Year's of all fucking times. Wow. We were going over it. We were You're going to bring her it. into 2021 with a gun in her mouth. Jesus Christ. We were going over it. And she was kind of still, you know, yeah, we know that. We know that. We know that. And I kept talking, kept talking and explaining further. And she was like, it pretty much ended on Jesus. You've, you've thought into this, haven't you? And I'm like, it's again, back to the SpongeBob firmly fucking grasp it see the like, thing is, is like you can know something as a phrase as yeah, a as a you can know something basically. but you have to chew on it and it's some it's like the same thing as like your friend dies mm-hmm. this is literally it's the same thing it's like an that's an anthropomorphized version of it your friend dies and you know that your friend just died but you don't intuitively understand that they're dead yet and that's what having a like a death of a belief that's what happens. And on the surface, um, knowing a little bit more about the universe's future doesn't seem like that big of a deal because it seems hypothetical. But that's the same kind of detachment. People um, express a detachment to scientific knowledge the same as they express a detachment to historical knowledge. Because there's like, oh, that's black and white. Life was in black and white back then. Or it's in paintings. Like, that shit didn't... They know that it happened. They don't intuitively understand that that is the same time. Time is happening. It's right here. It's right the fuck now. Um, Right here, we're sitting in a closet in a house in Texas. This was just a prairie. This was a fucking prairie at one point. We have no idea what was fucking here, but it was here. It was just as real and just as tangible as we are now. And you have to view the world in that way. I guess that's how you tie it back, is that you need to broaden your worldview. And it's not just a worldview. Honestly, I think that that's um, an oversimplification. You need to have a very intuitive and very broad understanding of reality. Or at least be willing to fucking look at things that way. Because honestly, it'll fucking save you from yourself. It'll save a lot of your relationships. Um, it'll save you from a lot of suffering, and it would be just overall better for everyone. But the thing is, is like we can't get everyone to do that because it's not everyone's natural disposition. Mm-hmm. Um, that's something I've had to come to grips with because I'm just like, because I have a, I have kind of a duality where I'm like, I'm not that smart, and I 
intuitively know that I'm not that smart because I know of people that are far smarter than me. Mm -hmm. Um, but I'm like, fuck, if I'm not that smart, what are all these other fucking people doing? And that's fucking frustrating. But also, like, I'm particularly high in openness to experience. Like, literally 95th percentile. Like, that's just bananas. Mm-hmm. Um, but ev- for everyone to stop just freaking out so much about shit that is right here. There's literally, like, a crisis of the death of God <laughs> that we're experiencing in Western culture at the moment. Um, Nietzsche foresaw it. A lot of philosophers uh, foresaw it. And by the death of God, I don't mean the death of a Christian God necessarily. I mean, there are people's subjective beliefs that that would pertain to, but he was referring to the death of an intuitive meaning that we all understood as human beings. And he also foresaw that once that happened, uh, once that like just morbid death happened of meaning, People were going to fragment off and fragment and fragment and fragment in search of something else. And that's how we just keep getting these like smaller and smaller religious and political ideologies breaking apart. Because everyone's in search of something. Everyone's trying to make their own. Like existentialism works for like a week. I tried it. Fucking fucking trust me. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's not sustainable. You need something deeper than that. And honestly, me personally, the further that I've gotten into it, and I've just been making just leaps and bounds, even over like the past like six months. I feel like there's something intuitively true that we could ground ourselves to. I didn't, I didn't used to think that. I was, I was still very open, but I, now I'm starting to think that there's something, uh, maybe more empirically uh, understandable. But uh, we don't fucking have it yet. So people are just gonna keep fragmenting off into their little groups. Hell, we may be, see- maybe seeing the end of something moment but we don't know i think the best way that we can approach is just with optimism um because the world is going to keep spinning long long after humans are fucking gone until it fucking doesn't and now we're right back to the fucking end optimism kevin god God. bless america (laughs) fucking christ yeah we need to let go of our attachment to ideologies, hell, even to the idea of the United States of America. Look at history as uh, trial, error, and revision. Us just trying to bumble our way through reality because being a human being is fucking hard. And just be com- um, be compassionate to people, not in the way that it, you let the compassion possess you over your rationality and reason. But regardless, I think we're going to be okay. We are going to be okay. We've been through a lot worse um, as human beings, as a culture, as a society. You, sir, have upset my bladder. Again? Motherfucker, again? It's been been like an hour. It's been like 40 minutes. Oh, get fucked. Fucking Christ. We'll be right back. You heard that, too, because I had to fucking rock, son. You feel better. Oh, God. Do you feel better? A little bit, yeah. A little more optimistic with a empty bladder. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus, a lot. Yeah, okay. With these prompts, I'm going to go a little rogue. Because I, I had them in a vague order. But um, the next one's a whammy. 
So I'm going to skip over it for now. Okay. Um, this next one is, uh, this person just said, talk about dinosaurs and if you believe the bones. Fucking Christ. <laughs> Which I do. <laughs> what? I trust archaeology. I trust evolution. And I think you, <laughs> even if you're coming from a religious standpoint, you can reconcile evolution if you just think hard enough. If you think hard enough. Yeah. It. Even if you're coming from a fundamentalist Christian standpoint, you can rationalize the reconciliation of evolution and creationism. Excuse me, but yes, absolutely. I believe the bones. Like, um, there is uh, a thing to talk about, though, is that with a lot of museums, they will find a percentage of a creature. I, I also believe the bones. Like, come on. Yeah. But, now listen to this. Now, okay. this might fuck up, uh, fuck up your view a little bit. They'll find a percentage of the bones, and then they'll Earth. fucking use guesswork for I... the rest of the creature. So, all for all we know, fucking T-Rexes could have had just, like, massive fucking guns. Like, you know what I mean? I, yeah, I've, I've seen all that, and, like... And, like, and instead of, like, sound... a... Like, that kind of shit, they could have sounded like... Ah! Like... <laughs> That shit messed with me a little bit in the beginning, and then I was like, fuck, dude, what is... I mean, but the dinosaurs happened. It, yeah, the dinosaurs were We here. have empirical evidence. I tr- Do we know exactly what What does anyone have to like? gain? Like, it would take some super-duper paranoid, like, fundamentalist, like, Christian cult shit to think that there is a worldwide conspiracy some, of malevolent, like, you know, malignant archaeologists. Some Jesse shit. Yeah, some malignant archaeologists just trying to fool the entire planet into an era like, of existence. Like, why, man? There's n- See, literally, that's the, that is the qualifying thing to ask anyone that presents a conspiracy to you, is like, what does anyone have to gain? Is, what do you have to gain from entertaining this idea just why 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 all over the place people think that like i i look too deeply or i ask too many fucking questions and i just why 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 would that be beneficial to anyone it it wouldn't um not not to insult the 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 user that uh proposed this question because it's a it's an entertaining it's an entertaining conspiracy if you dive into it um, dive on in. Dive on in. <laughs> but there's no, there's, there would be, I, I can't, for, I can't see any uh, purpose in that level of c- conspiracy because that is cross cultural, crossing time. Like, that's a lot of money and a lot of effort for, for what reason? For what yeah. purpose? And to what, push some the, like atheist. Uh, the bones are hollow or some shit. I've heard something about that. Like there's no way I'm like, dude, what? Actually, What's that's that's a good reason um, for why they don't think that. Um, that's actually a really entertaining conspiracy. There's a really entertaining one that yeah. is uh, this, the reason that they don't think that dragons or whatever, like you know, like mythical dragons, have been found uh, is because their bones would be hollow like birds, and they don't um, fossilize like solid bones. Yeah. And I actually I think that one's really fun. Um, it well, is. We've, it's fun. We know that pterodactyls existed, so like, what were those motherfuckers? 
I don't know. Like, <laughs> I'm not qualified to answer that, but I, I respect archaeology. I respect the sciences. Um, I don't think that there's just bands of corrupt scientists just roving <laughs> the planet trying to prove some... Um, oh, man. I keep looking for this word in my brain. Oh, my God. That's all I got. Like, fucking Christ, man. Oh, no. You want to move on to a big one? Uh, I'll, I'll let you open with this one. Okay. Are you in a, are you in a good state? Are you okay? Are you full of piss? Are you? No, I just pissed. Alright, so you're good to go. I'm good to go. Okay. Are people inherently good or evil, Kevin? Wow. I told the you. I told you. It was as a, old as time. I told you it was a fucking whammy. And... It's one that I've been fielding for a long time in discussions with my more fundamental, uh, fundamentally Christian friends. And we fielded this a few times. But I'll, I'll let you make the initial proposition. Gasp. Obviously. You didn't, you didn't even gasp, you just. That's why I said gasp. Calling an audible. Yep, calling an audible. Here we go. (laughs) Spicy ninja. Are people inherently good or bad? Good or evil. That's a good very or evil. That's a very okay, particular good or distinction. Evil. That I want to chalk a lot of that up to perspective, which is in a way a cop out. It's not though. It's not, but it kind of is. Wait a minute. I I don't want to. What do you mean by cop out? How? A blanket answer. Um, Fuck, I don't know, man. Well, no. But like, well, the, what from your perspective? Like, what do I, you think? I think we're all born at a baseline. What's the baseline, though? Neutral. So you mean that people are generally ambiguous? Yeah. Generally ambiguous. And then it's up to your upbringing your situations countless extenuating factors well and also like we would have to define what is good and evil yeah exactly Exactly. what is good and what is evil because psychopathy is a biological condition you are literally incapable of feeling feelings in the traditional sense or what is uh what would be considered a good sense um but as a baby, you're not causing harm. So is it evil? If you don't feel, you know, empathy or sympathy. And we can play back to no one's morals are the same. Me and you have a... We agree on a lot. We disagree on some things. We're pretty close. My moral compass isn't exactly to a fine line what yours is. No one's is. Yeah, so. but that that begs the question: is that this this would be an argument about um, some kind of intrinsic truth about religion? Is if there's this is what like uh, the discussion of archetypes brings up mm-hmm. is like there's a reason that archetypes exist. They transcend culture. Um, in stories, you can 
you can pick them apart. You'll find this in uh, Union Psychology. I'm a good little union. I like to I like to read uh, Carl Jung. Um, but that begs the question, if there is a sort of transcendent morality that we are all following unconsciously, because people ask me, like, are you a Christian or whatever? I'm like, not in the sense that you may think. Um, not in, like, a fundamentalist, like, by the book way. I think that what I believe... I think what I believe in, if you actually believed in that, it would transcend the, the fucking book. Mm -hmm. um, but it begs the question if there is a sort of transcendent mor uh, morality that we experience. Because I got in a discussion, actually it was more of a bickering match, um, with a particularly inflammatory um, TikTok user. He wasn't a follower, I don't think. Um, but he was like, I said morality is subjective. Which... I largely think it is, because it really depends on what you define as morality. I think morality, uh, it's a very, uh, you know, definition difference between, like, morality and ethics. Mm -hmm. But I approach morality as this, like, basically, like, the rules that you consciously uh, keep t to help you navigate the, uh, the world. And I was like, well, basically, morality has to be subjective. Because we can't all agree about how we're going to navigate the world at all times. And if morality wasn't largely subjective, we would all be paralyzed by indecision. Yes. But, 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 I guess that that's a big, big thing on definitions. Because I'm a very big conceptual person. Yes. Um, I kind of, like, think of ideas, I don't even want to say in colors, but, like, kind of, just, like, kind of in shapes. Like, it's just kind of a clusterfuck up here. So, um... There are some things that I need very specific definitions for, like in how I um, articulate ideas. But for some things, you know, between like morality and ethics, I'm just like, well, I never took, I never went to fucking college, so I'm going to say what I believe to be true. Uh, I think morality is largely choice. subjective, but it that doesn't, that leaves the door open still for me that there is a larger underlying rule. Because there's a reason that most people don't want to hurt people. Even when it's convenient and it makes sense. That's why I'm opposed to pure rationality. Because I can rationalize hurting people every day. Because if you're working from a rational and individual like um, survivability uh, perspective, I would rationalize, dude, just like mowing people down that were just in my way on the, my way to work. You can rationalize anything. Yeah. Um, Build back. But there's something that's underlying in human nature, and you could chalk it up to uh, an evolutionary like biology thing, mm -hmm. like sustainable, uh, sustaining the species. But I think it's something transcends that, because there's a reason that most people, and it's a notable qualifier that most people experience one thing, even if you can't say all people experience like you see a homeless person on the street and you get a weird tugging in your gut if you feel like they're suffering. That's noteworthy that most people experience that. And I think that might be indicative of something that transcends just subjective morality. But that's a very big discussion to have. As far as me personally, I see a spark of what you could consider divinity in pretty much every individual. And I think that you are an active participant in the divine whether you want to be or not. It really de depends on what you consider divine or godly. 
because I think that um, a, a false assumption about what would be considered divine is that it has to be good. And I think that, like, well, if it works and it exists, it must be somewhat good. That's why I'm saying that there's a little bit of bad in every good, and there's a little bit of good in every there's, bad. There's just. It's, yeah, there's a difference between just and good. Yeah. And it's, it's very hard to muddle through the differences. And we do our best with laws and things like mm-hmm. that. But there, there's a reason for everything that exists, no matter how just sufferable they are. Um, it's, but a, it's the balance. I believe, like, because there, there is, like, a fundamentalist Christian view is just like, oh, well, if you don't follow this, then you are absent from what they would consider God. Um, but from, like, my view, which I believe, like, if you believe in something like that, it has to transcend ide- uh, ideology. Mm-hmm. And I believe in that, like, believe in a force. It's not something anthropomorphized or, like, not a personal god or something like that. But this, like, driving force that is constantly creating and assembling things right in front of our fucking eyes. Um, it would supersede our own understanding of what is good and what is evil and it's just kind of like all this chaotic mixture and we we impose order on it um partly through like utilizing the consciousness that we're imbued with and also through our humanity um so it's very hard to say if people are inherently good or bad but i would lean good um because the thing is i think it speaks very well of people that whenever they are completely biologically healthy and what you would consider quote-unquote normal um i think it's no coincidence that people at large whenever they feel their best they do their best for other people and there's there's happy but there's at peace and i think it's no coincidence that whenever people are at peace with their lives or experience like some spiritual awakening that they do good things for other people and I think that that reflects well on human beings at large. So I would say that people lean good. But the thing is, is that it's really easy to go bad. And that's something that everyone has to confront is your potential for evil. Because people are ambiguous, but I think the scales are tilted for us in our favor. But the thing is, if you even put a grain of rice like on the other side of the scale, it's a lot easier to go downhill than it is to go up. It's an arduous way to go to do good all the time or do your best all the time. Um, But I think that even in your most natural state, when you're not going out of your way to do good and you're just kind of like at peace here in the center, you're more good than you are evil. But I think that people are generally good with the potential to degenerate into evil. Uh, but it's it's just too easy. So people think that we're fundamentally Gen- evil because it's too easy to get there. Generally, I'll, I'll give a lot of that to you. But if it's a strict, like, from birth, it has to be a, a neutral. In my view, at least. Well, think about it this way. I think a good way to view it would be humans from birth... But the thing is, out of context, it's really hard to give, like, any new listeners context on what, on some distinctions that I make. But to sum, to sum up my view of the human experience, I think that it is separated between, like, two binary oppositions of 
Here is a collective human consciousness. Consciousness as a concept that we all experience. And then there's from a human level, from like a more flesh or material sense. And you have to reconcile both of those and find balance in the middle. I think when you're a baby, whenever you first come out, you are far more pure human consciousness than you are human. You have not developed an ego. Or you, like you have one. You're like... I feel things, I feel my body, like I feel pain, uh, I feel hunger, I feel the need to use the bathroom or, you know, shit. But it's a lot more stream of that uh, pure consciousness than someone that is bogged down by life already. That's a pure, like a fully um, present person. Or uh, someone that's already living in the past because they suffered already. Mm -hmm. Babies don't have that. So I think that that would make, I think their more general ambiguity would be a result of that. I think most people that have developed what may be a story that your ego has retained lean good because they want better and they want better for the things that they love and the people that they love and they want to move upward. They don't want to generate, they don't, most people don't want to hurt people. Most people don't want to hurt anybody. Yeah. Most people hurt when they see other people hurting. And I think that that reflects well on humans as, as a species. And I think that that's worthy of note. And I think it's a very unfair assessment that I've heard from other people that people are generally evil unless they are within the eyes of some god. Like some being that's fucking judging us. No, I don't believe that at all. I think people are good. I think people are generally good. Some people get fucked and they're born like psychopathic or they get the short end of the fucking uh, social stick and they get fucked in life and they become a sociopath or they just get led astray. They get sucked into their own ego because life is fucking hard and they don't make it any easier for themselves. But I think people are generally good and I think that that's a good way to approach life. Even if it's not empirically true, it's a good way to go. A developed stance? Yes. I do believe people are good. Because I I deal with a lot of people from a lot of walks of life on a daily basis. As most people do. People are not just evil. There are those out there, but... I think at the core, obviously from birth, I'm going to believe that it's neutral. Then your ego is going to decide which way that goes. I think you should approach life as chaos and as amb ambiguity. But I think you should approach people with an assumption, a fundamental yes. assumption of goodness. And that's a very particular distinction to make. Yes. Situations... And life is chaotic. People, I think, are good. And I, th I think even if it's not true on an individual basis, because it's obviously not always going to be true. If someone thinks that there's like a like a empirical truth about something that's that transcendent, like, I don't fucking trust them. But I think it's good to approach situations on the assumption of good faith. Yes. I, I will fully get behind that. Because, again, you can... People do bad things. Does that make them evil? No. I've 
I've spoken with murderers that I would deem better than some. As a state of being. As a state you know of being. Mean? Yeah. That's what I've had this. But they're I've not. been delving into more uh, Christian literature and um, even something as like just fundamental as uh, dissecting Cain and Abel, the Cain and Abel story. Right. It's a paragraph long, but there's a lot to it. Um, and I've kind of come to the deduction that I believe that if you were operating from a um, Christian belief system, that the good way to look at sin is that it isn't actions that are taken as much as it is a spiritual state of being that you are living in, because you can live in what I would believe um, would conceptually be a state of sin without committing anything. But it's a, it's a state of where you are. Um, but yeah, I think that's a good way to answer that question. I think that people are um, generally good. And I think that that's a good way to approach life, even if they're, they are more in, ambiguous. But I think that that idea that people are fundamentally evil is fucking abhorrent and needs to be fucking thrown away. And I think it's anti-human, the idea that um, the world is overpopulated and fucking eugenics and we need to control the population no fuck you that's disgusting like you're a part of this race we've tried really hard for a long fucking time and you should probably get in the fucking boat in a lot less words hell yeah brother nux those nux i fucking hate nux but i'll give them to jp <laughs> Right, we're about to run out another hour of recording. Um, we have some more prompts to work on, but we'll be right back. All right, and we're back. Stop kicking your fucking toes. Fucking gross. Yeah, this is your boy Blizzy Brown with K104. I saw it, dude. <laughs> I think that the, beer hitting, boy. The face is everything I wanted out of every <laughs> 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 toasty in here isn't it it is a little toasty yeah we got that fucking candle burning it smells great that carbon dioxide monoxide it's some you know, kind of oxide you say i thought you were about to say uh carpe diem <laughs> you say carbon dioxide we have one more prompt we have fucking just rocking our way through these um Last one. I really like this one. I really like this one. I appreciate the person that um, that suggested this. Uh, they said, "What's something you thought when you were younger that changed when you got older?" And I didn't want to stew on it too long because whenever I try to be profound, I sound like a dick bag. So I'm going to not do that. Um, what is something you thought when you were younger that you have learned differently? Probably, hopefully a lot of things. Probably a lot of things. Ho yeah, definitely, I, I, hopefully a lot of things. I think that if you don't have a lot, then um, you probably fucked up. <laughs> but, um, so, what, what do you think? Uh, something when I was younger that... I think that you've changed... What's something, like, 
that you believe fundamentally because I can think of a number of them. I think that you got, right. well, for one, a lot of value out of um, financial well-being that you've kind of shed. I have. I've shed a lot of that. Literally, the worst insult that you could have get, uh, given Kevin, like, seven years ago was that he was poor. The absolute worst. Like, that was throwing hands uh, level yeah, insult. like, we were which fucking was getting so, at it. See, like, there were things like that for me, but that, that was so far removed from how I how I've ever seen things it it was weird for me because there's things that like uh used to be or at one point probably would have been um something that were worthy of like getting knocked in the fucking throat from me but money was never one of them so that would seem always seemed so weird to me that a status thing was huge for me coming up because I mean you know the story my mom I was single parent household with my grandmother didn't have any kind of money, nothing going on. So, yeah, when I started to make my own, then, yeah, if you called me poor, then, no, that was teeth knockout level. That That's a huge one that, I mean, I still struggle with today, but not I see a little bit of it, bad. but not nearly as bad. Because, like, you used to, when uh, we were younger, you would talk about... Um, Basically, like, making a lot of money, getting in a relationship with dual income, with a lot of money, and being, this is what makes me want to fucking vomit, a quote-unquote power couple. Boom. Yep, that was huge for me. Fucking and, big house, all kinds of shit. Yeah, the white picket fence, the hill, blah, 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 you guys know the American dream, whatever. And I still do harbor on that a lot of... I mean, I work in law enforcement. I'm never going to make a lot of money. I do still want the, air quote, power couple dynamic, which is essentially well, just a two-person well, well, essence, what did, what is it like about the whole power couple idea that you like so much? Like, is it mutual effort? Uh, what is it? it it's going to be mutual effort. There's not a whole lot of codependency. Are you, are, wait a minute, so like... Financially, codependency. Why is that spooky? Because financial codependence is like a very surface level problem. Yeah, it is. The, I mean, codependency at its, at a core for me would be still being able to do it on your own. See, I wonder why you, because there, codependency, I think that, um, least from like my perspective is fundamentally dangerous there are conditions under which it can work but um i'm wondering why the reason that because i can think of probably i can think of nine thousand reasons why i'm uh particularly apprehensive about codependency but i'm wondering like why it is for you um did, did you feel like did you not like being dependent on like your mother or vice versa or like, what, what's that looking like? So, my, I've, I've always had pretty much a single mother. She wasn't, the financial aspect at least, she was not dependent on anybody. It was go out, get it, do your thing. And so, 
I took that to an extreme of I need to do it all on my own. So that's why I've struggled a lot in relationships with codependency. Of by so the do you revert to being taken care of or taking care of the other person? My track record has shown that I revert to being taken care of. Because, I mean, you know my whole history of all my bullshit. So, mm-hmm. yeah, they generally take care of me. I take care of them in aspects, but I give a lot of credence to the things that they have done for me more than what I have done for them. That, yeah, they pull me out of things and they keep me level and men and men and men. There's this really um, gross thing that I kind of see, like, with guys in, like, our position. Because, you know, I had something of a father father figure, my grandpa. But um, largely... I grew up in a single-parent household with just my mother. Mm-hmm. And I see a lot of guys come up in our position that um, are really focused on being financially and like material, uh, materialistically self-sufficient, but are emotionally dependent on women. Exactly. Because it's almost like bred into them um, by kind of like the devouring mother archetype. And... Because it, it was it was so weird to me whenever I was younger. I was like, why, whenever I feel like I'm largely uh, left out in the cold by my mother, do I feel emotionally dependent on, you know, uh, female attention? I was like, why, why, am I that, why am I that way? But it's literally like my mother would leave me out in the cold until I was fucking desperate and then she would coddle me. So I was just like, so whenever I just needed like basic management, like, hey, mom, I need your attention on something. She would blow me off or say that I was like overreacting or basically say everything that I said was stupid um, and that I like basically needed her criticism. Mm -hmm. But if I needed emotional support on like a deep level, like she would finally fucking, you know, take up the reins. And I feel like that kind of, you know, shoots us in the foot whenever we get up there. See, and that messed me up. Uh, my mother has had a lot of health issues in her life, which has left her at a very poor emotional state, like, advice-wise. So, I learned pretty quick that, you know, hey, emotional issues, don't bring them up to mom. She's not going to know. So when I would bring stuff up to her, it'd be pretty much like a, you're going to be okay, you'll get through it, it happens. And I'm like, no, motherfucker, like, I need, I need life experience. Like, I'm in, the most recent was the divorce, where I was like, hey, you've done this twice. You got something for me. I feel like my world is ending and I'm going to die. And my mom was pretty much like, damn, son, (laughs) shit sucks, I know, been through it, you gonna be alright. And I'm like, what the fuck do I do with that? Well. That doesn't help me in the now. It's, that's a real, that's a really touchy one, because if you want to zoom out 
far enough, you're just like, the most fundamental threat uh, being a person is death. So yes. someone that confronts I death on a regular basis, someone that confronts death on a regular basis is not going to give <laughs> a flying fuck about your little divorce. Because they're just like, you can get out of bed in the morning? Holy shit! Like, <laughs> boy, howdy, you're doing great. <laughs> but, um, but you can't, it, the substantial loss and suffering that you experience during a fundamental life shift like a divorce can, it can't be lost on you. Um, but I can see where she's coming from, yeah. from that perspective, because like literally her life is threatened walking down the fucking stairs. <laughs> so it's kind of hard to give a fuck. Cause like, I think I've kind of, like, at least um, philosophically been in a similar spot as her, even if she's not intuitively aware of it. But, like, whenever I was literally, like, first delving into, like, my mortality and, like, human existence in general and my worldview was way out here, it's just, like, well, life or death situations, very small things, like, uh, social interactions seem very stupid and just ineffectual to me. Mm-hmm. But there's a balance that you have to get in there because otherwise your fucking inter, uh, your social life suffers, and your social life is how you you know sustain yourself while you're here. So I kind of get I kind of get that, um, but it really shoots you in the fucking foot if um, you feel like you need to talk to like a mother figure, <laughs> and it has to be a female because like that's where you've been. Um, and you're, like, not in a relationship or something, then you're kind of, like, left out dead in the fucking water, so you have to, like, learn how to manage. But, uh, what the fuck was the question? <laughs> God damn it. Holy um, it was, what was something that you fundamentally believed whenever you were younger that you've, um, that has changed since you've gotten older? Um, I'll, you know what, I'll answer. I'll go back just a few years, because I've made it through what I call it, I still call it the ringer. Um, I was raised Catholic, converted temporarily to Protestant, and then I became an atheist and a nihilist and an existentialist. And I'll, 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 I'll pin in on um, the whole nihilism phase. The thing that I thought whenever I was younger that I fundamentally um, come to grips with not being true is that life itself is inherently meaningless. I thought that. There's a difference between things that exist lacking inherent meaning and life as a concept and at large, and especially for human beings and sentient creatures, uh, being absolutely meaningless. Because I think that meaning and belief, this is an idea that I, I, I gained from someone else, from Jordan Peterson, actually is that there's a difference between, like, what you say you believe and what you believe. Because 99% of your brain's function is unconscious. So your belief is deeply ingrained in you. It's what you act out on a day-to-day basis. Um, That's why I fundamentally think that atheists are not atheists. And I don't believe that I'm an atheist. I'm I'm an atheist in the definitive way that um, I don't conform to a religion. Um, but I definitely consider myself a very much spiritual person. I think that most people are 
a lot more spiritual than they would like to let on. Because if you were operating in the world by nothing but rationality, you would be mowing down people doing just appalling fucking things because they just got in your fucking way. Because that's a rational way to live. A rational way to live for me is if I was driving out on the road going 80 miles an hour and someone fucking cut me off, I would drive in front of them, stop their fucking car, beat them to death, and then keep going to work. Because I would be like, I'm preventing you from doing that to me or anyone else. That's a rational way to live. You can rationalize anything. But the thing that I believe to be fundamentally true is that life was meaningless, and I do not believe that at all at this point. Or that even whenever I was in uh, what you would consider an existentialist and you had to create your own meaning from scratch, I don't believe that at all anymore. I think that it's a lot deeper than that, and I think it's something that transcends your immediately quote-unquote conscious mind or your acting mind. Mm-hmm. I think it's something deeper than that, deeper than your biology. I think it transcends that. And I think that that's a reasonable thing to uh, believe if you understand that human beings or any um, like carbon-based life form on the planet is at a neurological deficit. We're not that fucking smart. And I think that that's a that's a reasonable place to start. So, what about you? Jesus. I haven't nearly gone through the belief systems JB has. I mean, I grew up Protestant, across a few different scales of that. I think you've been through a lot more um, definable categories. I've just figured them out um, for the sake of explaining myself clearly. I've done, like, Protestant-wise, I was Pentecostal, non-denominational, Southern Baptist, then I started to kind of convert to Catholicism. That one didn't work out shortly after. Well, that was for the marriage. Yeah. Then, but I was still predominantly Protestant. I went through some determinism. Would that be right? That's a whole belief system, right? Um, it's it's an assumption. I don't think it would be considered. I mean, what do you mean? Like, you would have to tell me because determinism is a thing. Yes, determinism, like uh, or determinism. I'm not entirely sure. Everything, everything in this life is predetermined. An omnipotent being has decided everything. But there, okay. Um, yeah, yeah, that's the way. I went through a phase of that. Which, at first, I was like, hell yeah. I think there's of a course. there's an understanding of, like, this is just an insert, I don't mean to interrupt you. Um, there's an understanding of that concept at different levels. Yeah. Because a lot of people are like, oh, okay, well, I'm, it, just like anything fucking else, I could literally punch a hole in the wall just explaining this <laughs> one. Because they're like, okay, well, it's either um, predetermined or there's free will. No in between. And I'm like... Shut up. Like, yes, there is. Yes, there fucking is. <laughs> it's literally in quantum physics. Look up the two-slit experiment. 
there is a form of like predetermination that fucking exists. Literally, as they fire a photon um, at these two slits, it decides which one to go through, and on the other side of the two slits, it decides at the last fucking second where to land. And it's the thing that makes that table look like a table at all times. In exposure to light, when we're perceiving it, that's what makes that table assemble itself itself as a table at every moment. There's something deciding that at every second of every fucking day. There's something assembling your biology like that. There's something assembling your entire life like that. It's assembling your neurology and your brain like that. But you are navigating within it, though. Mm -hmm. That's the thing. Is like, you're... You have free will, but you are a moving particle in this entire organism. So you have a good amount of free will. I mean, but it's a lot smaller than you would like it to be. And that, that can be exemplified in any part of your waking life. Like, how, how soon you get to work has very little to do with how you drive. If you pay attention. Your car might shit the bed. People cut you off. A fucking... Um, pothole rips one of your fucking tires off the fuck. <laughs> like literally, so many things can go wrong. Very little about your life has anything to do with you deciding it, but you still get to decide within the parameters with which you're given. But yeah, that's okay. Sorry, I went off no. on a little bit of a tangent, <laughs> but um, yeah, definitely a thing. So I went through that. Uh, kind of undecided at this point. I believe some things. Don't believe some other things. I don't want to get off on a tangent. I can rein myself in on stuff like that. I can't. I know. I didn't want to. <laughs> I, I didn't want to just throw you under the bus on that. Oh, no, no, I, I, I don't uh, give up. I'm, I'm passionate. You know what I mean? A passionate. I, I would want to say, that. One of the fundamental cores is. A huge, which has become very recent, is a huge codependency issue. Which, like I said, single mother, I ended up with a father figure that was pretty much my uncle. But it's, my mom's codependent on fucking everything in life. If you had met my mother. The thing about codependency... He starts waxing on again. I've at least become healthier with it. Like, I can do it on my own. It's somewhat inevitable. I understand I need people. Like, yeah. You you gotta let go of the guilt of that. Um, In a lot of cases, you don't, though. Because there's a thing um, that I think is a good way of rationalizing like how you can reconcile that is mm. that spiritually and emotionally you don't need other people, but materially and ma- the material part is in support of your emotional part. You need other people. So it's exactly. like how you interact with the world. Human beings are social creatures, even the introverted ones like you, yeah. like, like me. Yeah. Um, like you. We, we need people like at varying degrees, but you need fucking people. Um, and you need help. And it's, it's fucking egotism to think that you don't. But the thing is, is that people think that it has to be entirely one way or entirely the other. For, for a 
emotional things, uh, like emotional support, I don't need fucking anybody. I'm actually best on my own because I fucking... Fuck you. I feel like I help you a lot. Listen. No, listen. I'll listen, but listen, don't hurt as me. Far, <laughs> <laughs> as far as working out, like what I feel and how to um, best proceed, I'm best on my own. But in a practical sense, I'd see it as more... Bi- like my need to vent to you at any point is more biological than anything. It's literally like built up stress in my pain body. I have to fucking get it out. But as far as solving the fucking problem, I'm best by myself and completely uninfluenced. Everyone needs people at varying degrees, but it's not entirely one way or entirely the other. Um, but that's something you got to come to grips with because people are like, well, I'm, I need people. And you're just like, no, that's unhealthy. And they're just like, well, I don't need anyone at all. And that's how you end up putting a gun in your mouth. So there, there's a, there's a happy medium for everybody. <laughs> You know, you know. So my, my 2020 was fucking hell. I'm not going to dive into all my bullshit of 2020. I think a large part of 2020, though, we were, like, living together again. So I think, like, yeah. that's, that's a fucking A large part, we were living together. But I don't want to go into my whole 2020 story, because everyone, everyone had a rough 2020. If you had a good 2020, go fuck yourself. We had a, um comparatively or relatively good 2020 uh, my like, 2020 was you were going through a divorce um other people died you know what i mean well, I'm exactly just, so it's also and i'm not trying to lessen your suffering because that's suffering what I'm saying. that's um, why i didn't want to go through the story of because yeah people did die a lot of people went through way worse than i did like and are still it, yeah exactly um Suffering, uh, unnecessary suffering is relative. Without, like, my coworkers, without fucking you being here, like, oh my Jesus. That 2020 would have been a rough thing to fucking make it through. Yeah. So I, I do give a lot of stock to people, but I'm still at a healthy point where I'm like, I can do my, do this by myself. But I would much rather fucking not. Like, when given the option, uh, <laughs> I don't know. I'll, I'll, I'll still ride my horse into the dirt. I mean, maybe it's ne- tough. But I we, no, I need people fucking, at the last fucking minute. Uh, yes. See, and that's not some tough shit. That's like literally like I need it until I figure it out. But by the time that I figure it out, I'm about ready to kill myself. That's the thing. So at the time that I'm about ready to kill myself, then I'll go get people. Remember, that fucked my mom up. We talked one night and she was like, oh, I'm not talking to your aunt right now because she accused me of being suicidal, pretty much. And I was like, well, fucking are you? And she was like, what? Like, your mom just died been reclusive like you're kind of showing signs are you okay like you can talk to me it's okay i'm like no i'm definitely not i i want to live i want i love this life da 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 baseline answers see yeah that i'd i'd be suspicious of your mom because as i was saying about belief she says a lot of things that are contradictory 
about of how she acts. Exactly. And I was like, well, you know, it's okay if you are. Like, we can talk about it. Me and JB talk about it all the time. And they're like, what? You have those thoughts? And I'm like, yeah, all the fucking time. All the time. I was like, but me and JB talk about it. Like, it's, It's unhealthy to think about killing yourself all the time. It is another form of unhealth to never think about it because then you're hiding something or you're not confronting something because we're all going to fucking die. Yeah. And then my mom tried to turn on me and was like, oh, are you going to kill yourself? And are you okay? And I'm like, no, I'm perfectly fine. But some days are hard. Some weeks are hard. Like it, it can carry, but I'm gonna be all right. Like, well, in hell, with like a, honestly, like um. I'm a big proponent of like uh CBT, cognitive behavioral therapy. Right. Um, I haven't done it myself. I would cons, I would consider it, but um, you know, it's probably a little bit of my ego and my arrogance to think that like I fucking got it, because well. My, my universal view is comprised of fucking spirituality, psychology, um, sciences in general, and things like that. And I think that that's pretty much, like, I don't think that um, there's a psychologist that could lead me to anything that I haven't already, like, looked at. Except for, like, a couple things that I know I'm not looking at intentionally. Um, but that's just because I don't think that it would be beneficial. Right. Um, Some things don't affect our day-to-day life. Yeah. But I think that even... Hell, I haven't been been diagnosed with shit. I wouldn't claim to be. Um, But I think that I've experienced um, forms of what would be considered depression, like in a medical sense. Because a lot of people are like, oh, depression is like you're just saddle time. No, you're not fucking saddle time. Like, literally, like, you feel like you are incapable of lifing. (laughs) You're, you're, and I've definitely experienced that. It's like your serotonin fucking plummets. And your serotonin, like, literally reads, like, where you are where you are in the hierarchy in the social hierarchy um it's a there's like a receptor like in your fucking brain that regulates your fucking chemicals that tell you where you're at and they're both responsive to each other but um a lot of people like they say that they have like depression you're just like oh what's your job like what's your family like and there's like well my wife like left me and i got laid off from my job and you're just like you don't have depression. Your life fucking sucks. <laughs> you plummeted to the bottom of the social hierarchy and your body responded by murdering all your serotonin levels. That's, that's not depression. That is your life sucks. Mm-hmm. And I'm sorry. Like work, like I'll help you work it out, but that's not depression. Depression is there's a fucking like a business executive that makes $200,000 a year. He has a wife and three beautiful kids but he can't appreciate any of it, and he feels miserable. That's literally a, a fucking deficit, a problem in his biology. His fucking serotonin levels are not representative of where he is. That's depression. Mm-hmm. Um, but I've experienced things like that, like where I think my serotonin should be. I like, I'm like, my life is okay. Like, um, I have like good friends. I have a decent, you know, sustainable job. I don't fucking miss work. I pay my bills. What's wrong? And, um, I think that literally during those times, my world perspective saves me. And a lot of people are like, 
Yeah, but like those platitudes don't mean don't mean fucking anything whenever you feel that way. And like, you know, I'm kind I guess I am kind of a white knuckle it guy in a sense, but I believe in the power of people and like their thoughts and ideas and I pull my fucking way through those. But I think they I think those people really need someone to talk to that knows what it's like down there and understands that like your thoughts are not you. And that your thoughts are, like, really, like, a fucking, like, trauma response, goddammit. Um, yeah, you distracted me by fucking moving shit around. Um, I put a beer down. Don't you fucking high voice me, man. <laughs> Jesus. But, yeah, like, um... I think you can manage a lot of your life by thinking your way through it, but I think the problem is, like, a lot of people just don't want to fucking go there. And for the people that are literally, um, just not capable of fucking going there, yeah, put them on fucking medication. Fucking do it. I would, I would worry about your mom, though, because I feel like she's definitely the one to feel this way and then let her consciously believe that that's a, um, accurate representation of her life when it's not. I... I do my best not to dissect my mom, but... Can't relate. I know you can't. <laughs> <laughs> I've been dissecting my mom since I learned how to read. Yeah. I've dissected her to a point, but a lot of it I'm Not like, to her face. Let me make that fucking known. Yeah. That's a, that's a dick move. Yeah. If you fucking start fucking reading... Fucking dick move! If you start to understand people or read psychology and you fucking confront your family members and tell, start telling them what's wrong with them... You're a piece of shit. I did it once, like, three years ago, and I'm still not... I still haven't lived it down to myself, <laughs> because that's a piece of shit fucking thing to do. Oh, they've been alive 30 years longer than you? They've been surviving life, confronting their own mortality, and you're gonna start telling them what's wrong with you because they inflicted some kind of suffering on you when you were, like, barely conscious at, like, seven years old? Fuck you. Shut up. They're doing... They're doing okay. They probably love you. They probably love <laughs> They just fucking might. I'm just saying, unless your parents were fucking, like, beating you or, like, doing something reprehensible, I think that they did an okay job. I think my mom hit me, like, twice. And I was like, well, she was a single mom with a mentally ill ex-husband. And I think that she did okay. Did I just tell the story? I just told the story a couple days ago. My mom, so I was not hit as a child, really. Not by my mother. No, I can tell. No, yeah. You were a raging fucking prick. Fuck you, guy. <laughs> that hurt. You had no respect for your fucking family. That hurt. Damn. They don't need to know that. Condescending uh, fuck. Fuck you. Stop. You're digging. <laughs> JB's been drinking. Damn it. Oh no, fuck you. No, you no, see, you're, I'm, you're hit, about to dig in. I'm hitting the squishy you're little about, center like the Pillsbury Doughboy. You're about to fucking put the spurs in for no fucking reason. I see it. I see it working in your head. Stop it. We, they don't have video. They can't see your face. Stop. I'm smiling. <laughs> He's Whoa. having a bullshit. It's a bullshit smile. I see it now. It's worse. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know where we were going, but. but. You, you have okay, guys. You have to be able to sense the tone, because uh, it's not a malevolent thing. 
and I'm going to say things a lot more aggressively than they're actually true, but you fucking know, you're, you're looking at me and you fucking know <laughs> you didn't respect these fucking people and it manifested purely. <laughs> Fuck them. That's what I gotta say. I don't even know the original point. Fucking... Fuck you, JB. Fuck you. You know his real name is Jonathan? <laughs> it's not Jonathan. Blaziken? It's not Jonathan. Sebastian? Blaziken. Apartheid? Why don't you give him my fucking social? Health yet. <laughs> his last four digits are... 1462. Um, they are not. That wasn't even close. But go ahead and go ahead and try. Go you try. got somebody's last four. No one wants my fucking identity. No, I don't even want your identity. And mine's bad. My credit score's better. Fuck your credit score. Jesus, you've been to jail. <laughs> <laughs> I was I, I was talking to <laughs> fuck. Um I was talking to the girl that I was dating. I can't even remember like the context of the conversation. Are we not allowed to say names? Um, at this point, um in case things go sour, I'm gonna leave it pretty uh anonymous. True enough. If you listen to yeah. this later, yeah, I'm going to do the same thing. Uh, yeah, she told me she was going to listen. By the way, hi, hi, you're cute. All right, next. Hey, if you listen, you probably won't. I was talking to her, and I was just like, That's lady, up, I got dude. fucking felonies. Or, like, I said that I can, <laughs> I said, I've committed felonies. And she was like, but do you have felonies? I made a joke, and I was just like, only, like, four. And she's like, but do you have felonies? I was like, nah, I'm good. I'm good. But, she was like, I love a guy with a record. Baby girl, I got a solid ass attorney. Fuck you, mean. Had he dropped all his clients? Remember? True enough. Yeah, that was rough. You probably still hire him. Yeah, maybe. If you got in trouble again. Honestly, I don't. I don't know if I want a lawyer that whenever he like loses an election, that he's like, meh. (laughs) Anyway, fuck all you people. Fuck you. (laughs) Damn straight shots. That's some fucking... At the heart. That's some immature shit. Hey, if you... Scott. 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 If by... If by any grace of the powers that be, you were listening to this podcast, you were a great attorney um, <laughs> during my DWI arrest. But for fuck's sake, man, you can't just drop your clients when you lose... <laughs> when you lose an election for district attorney. You can't fucking do that. I want to rip my fucking... I want to rip my shit off. Scott, buddy, pal. Scott, my guy. And he was such a good dude. Such a nice man. Such a good man. Terrible taste in suits. Great guy. (laughs) (laughs) Terribly fitting shirts. Great man, though. Probably needs Bosley. Great man, though. I hate you. (laughs) Dude, we're way into this. Dude, we're like I I just I just heard like some wispiness in my voice, man. Like we've been fucking a, we've been going. As I said, dude, we're fucking what? Two and a half hours? Just about. Joe Four. Rogan, fuck with me. What's Stop up? Scratching your dick, man. No, dude, I wanna hold it. <laughs> you know this No. I just wanna jerk off like right now. My fucking hands are sweating. In front of you. Oh god, no. Oof. 
Why does it make you uncomfortable? It's a closed space. I'm good. If there, if there, I'm not gonna hit you with it. I don't need to fucking know that. Okay. So you anyway, want, so you want me to? No, no. All right. No, that's what we're Closing ending out. with. Hey, Jonathan this dude has a t-shirt tucked into shit. sweatpants. You goddamn right, because it's comfortable. I really hope you fucking try it. And it doesn't have to be sweatpants. It can be shorts. Any closing remarks, Kevin? Jeans. Any closing remarks? Anything. Yeah. Tuck your fucking shirt in, man. It's comfortable. Okay, well. I love y'all, and I appreciate you for listening to the podcast that took, what, like two fucking months to put out another episode? Yeah, if you're still here as a loyal listener, raise hell, praise Dale. Come over here, I'm about to catch phrase. Fuck! All right. So, I will catch you next time. Uh, once again, I'm JP Peltier. And I'm Kevin Bro. And thank you for listening to another episode. We'll catch you next time.